Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Bam. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on social media at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show on social media at MMM Show75. And we're finally back. And I actually did the intro the right way where I just said social media instead of like Twitter or IG or some stupid shit like that. Okay, here's the deal, everybody. There's some shit we're going to say tonight. There's some shit we're going to talk about tonight. It's going to be a good time. And um, we truly, truly don't give a fuck. If you haven't learned by now, we don't care. We do this for fun and we could give fuck all about what uh, the world at large thinks of it. We're going to have some fun. Hopefully Jim will show up here shortly. Um, But let me introduce the rest of this lovely panel. The other man in green rocking the uh, vintage custom one-off Mass Mats and Mayhem St. Patrick's Day shirts over there is uh, Byron Fever. What's going on there, B-Feeve? Hey, catch me at uh, Twitter and Venmo at Byron Fever. I'm out here in Bed-Stuy, Byron, New York. Byron, what? Byron. No, no, I'm have you ever not, Have this. you ever once had anyone of any kind send you anything through Venmo where you didn't already owe them money? I mean, I, I honest, said a money you know, to buy a wrestler shirt. Like I've seen celebrities or I've seen people um, on the internet say, here's my Venmo. And then like, there's a thing where like celebrities are like, oh, I just got $5 from a fan. for no That's reason. great. Okay. Moving on. So Byron, but Byron. That hasn't happened to me yet. Byron, no, Byron, trying to bring it Byron, back. Byron, Byron, I have another question. Mm. I heard you did stand up comedy at the comedy cellar. Was it yeah. any good? It was good. Um, I have a video. It's not online, but it was good. People laughed, and um, I'm writing new stuff, and I'm going to... Byron, 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 Byron. It's funny. I hear that you finally finished the short film that Casey and I busted our fucking asses on that you did almost next to nothing on. I heard it took you five years to catch up to the amount of work that Casey and I already did. Is it, in fact, actually finished? Well, I have a picture of you guys sitting around on your cell phones. Um, So... Byron, 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 Jim's here, Jim's here, Jim's here. Uh, Uh, Let me get to the rest uh, of the introductions. All the way uh, from across the pond. Um, uh, Hold on, I got it. What's it called, Byron? Go ahead. Oh, wow, I can can mute Justin. That's amazing. Uh, It's called Delusions of Morons. You can find us on social media, Delusions of Morons or DOM underscore movie. We're going to film festivals. Let me know if there's a film festival near you. Wait, wait, Byron, Byron, Byron. And there will be a trailer. There will be. Uh, am I going to mute everyone? Your social media is Dom Movie. Do you know what kind of followers you're going to fucking get? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> okay. Cool. I think I'm into this. Um, all right. Uh, from across the pond, with a brand new setup, and I mean that about what's on his face. The uh, the man with the stash, Meefloaf. What the fuck is going on over there? What the fuck fell out of the sky on your face from a bird's ass? needs you to unmute him oh i have to unmute you sorry <laughs> i don't think his mic is working <laughs> god damn it <laughs> did you get some new equipment and by that i mean a a penis a sweet mustache how much did you spend on something that doesn't work me what what is all oh, that stuff what? working do you have technology he sounds beautiful we haven't heard him yeah. yet have you said anything yet Still, yes it's because byron byron's in uh interrupting as usual i'm drinking right now how am i talking you're making oh, that- what's, yeah. up? what's up drinking that piss tabari 
Wow, that is gross. <laughs> I drink my own piss now. This Man, you called, drink I'm drinking a white Negroni, which is apparently solid yellow. Yeah, Leota was become the ultimate white fan. person. He's drinking his own piss. I want to say hi to everyone in the chat room. Let's, let's get Meat, meatloaf. I have a question for you. Is <laughs> yes. is is his name Ed Sheeran or Ed Sheeran? He is a piece of shit. So no. Yes. Neither. Okay. Destroyed. Destroyed all modern music in the Mother, UK. So. Motherfucker loves ketchup, though, man. He sees ketchup tattoo. Fucking Casey, love. why why can't we see you? I, I thought you were Casey the Terrible. I thought you were doing a new gimmick. Ah! There you go. I hope you guys were wearing headphones. All of these guys were. Sorry, guys. Byron came. Oh, hi, everybody in the chat. This is Casey the Terrible. Um, Yeah, what's up, motherfuckers? We're back, and like Justin says, we don't give a fuck. But you motherfuckers better listen, because I got in the Mortal Kombat 11 beta, and I'm not playing it so I can do this shit so you people can listen to us. And I'm sitting here wearing a mask. It's fucking hot. I'm, like, sweating and shit. Got my wing shirt on because no one sent me any green merch. I had one ready for you at the Lucha Underground taping that happened a year ago today, which was the second to last taping um, of Lucha Underground, correct? Uh, As far as the permanent sense, right? Because it's never coming back and it's dead? Well, well, we'll get to that. I've got some information on that front that I'd love to discuss. Do you have any 70% off merchandise for us, Justin? Oh, boy. We're definitely going to talk about that. Yeah. I got some some beef, so I can't wait. I've got some beef. That's what the ladies all say. Is Jim with us yet, or is he, he might still be in transit on the way home and just uh, standing fucking, by? He's just oh, but that's such a good picture of him at a one. He's putting up. Give me a second. All right, dude, do, do your thing. I squeeze into that shirt. P- paint that shirt on, Jim. Yeah. Do whatever you got to do oh, to, to look good so our female mm-hmm. viewership stays as high as it always has been. Leave it, leave it off. Leave it off, Jim. Leave it off. Justin, what size shirt do you wear? Uh, I, I wear a large that's weird. It's because um, Jim wears a medium, a comfortable medium. A medium. 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 Yeah, He's didn't a, we already discuss the child's extra large thing on the podcast before? Maybe. So who's in the uh, chat there? We got Jay in the chat. We got Angie. What's up, Angie? What's up, Rebecca? We got uh, Jay. Got some rider dies in there. Thank you guys for showing up after all this time. It has been been a few mere moments since we last did this. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, where, where the fuck is Josh on right now? Mr. Krabs What's has that? Wait, let's let, let's let Jimmy, uh, the Jimmy V, talk for a second. What's going on show, there, Jimmy? Show us your shirt, Jim. We can't see it, and it looks interesting. Uh, this is a – well, I, the irony is you're watching this podcast when there's literally a Ring of Honor pay-per-view right now. So I'm just oh, no, a Dalton Castle nice. shirt. So I like your cross shirt. I have mine. I have one of those two. I was at a show out in, um, I was at a Warriors of Wrestling show that uh, Sonny Kiss is their champion. And there was a dude walking around in a cross shirt. And I wanted to go up and take a picture of him for, for Mr. Killer Cross. But this guy looked a little too tough to just randomly take a picture of him. So I didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't take a picture with random marks anyway. Great story. Hey, look, yeah. that's a good, great, great place to start. But- as as any i was thinking about uh mr killer cross the man mm-hmm. formerly known as kevin mm-hmm. um and i you know i tuned into some impact i've been watching some impact and boy does it sure feel like exactly what they were doing three months ago now first of all it was impossible for me to find impact i don't even know what channel impacts on anymore so i right. will 
uh, I will cop to the fact that I had to illegally download Impact to catch up a little bit. What the fuck channel is Impact even on anymore? So Twitch. you can watch it for free on this app. It's like um, something, but it's like uh, it's old. It's you can watch old episodes like on a week or whatever delay. But you can watch what I saw because I was trying to catch up on what Cross was doing there. Pluto yeah. TV, Byron. Pluto yeah. TV. Pluto um, TV. Um, but they have uh, on, on their YouTube, they have like five things that. Wait, know, but what's the actual station it airs on now? It has a uh, network and I don't even know what it is. I don't know. Someone oh, posted on Reddit like, hey, if this underground's not coming back, Impact should air on El Rey. And that's somehow going to be worse than whatever they have now. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, I do have to congratulate Impact, though, because I was reading the Wrestling Observer Year End Awards for 2019. And Impact, for the first time in 12 years, was not named the worst promotion in professional wrestling. They're not. Look, they're, was? honestly, they're not. WWE. And you know what? WWE got that. Worst TV show, worst promotion. Uh, and I think it's because mm -hmm. of our good friend Kevin Cross going over there making the show good. So Killer Cross making it good. Next year, it's going to be best show because then that'll be like Cross wins all the belts and shit. He's coming in with all that the That needs to happen this week. Yeah. I haven't read There's any of their Dragon. spoilers, but they they filmed in Vegas and in, in his stomping grounds and probably a venue they that he set up because the last time he helped FSW with a show, it was in that Samstown place. And that was probably his doing um, or Glenn. Um, but at the same time, I don't know why they haven't put the strap on him. I like Mundo as much as the next guy or Johnny, Johnny gimmick name, whatever the other Johnny gimmick name. But I, I am confounded by how great I think that roster is right now. Yeah. I love everybody that's over at Impact. I love what they're doing with everybody that's over at Impact. But yet the storylines themselves aren't really compelling. The characters are great. Everyone's cutting great promos. They're having great matches. The feuds are are, are have some juice to them, but there's no storylines to it. I feel like these guys are just showing up and doing the same shtick over and over again which I guess is fine at times in wrestling. I just feel like – I don't feel like there's anything bad about hey. Impact. I feel like Impact right now is missing the boat. I think they're missing a great opportunity to really catch some attention when wrestling is hot. Like, they they should be challenging AEW. They should be challenging PWG and some of these other promotions in Ring of Honor. They should be, they should be the clear-cut number two right now with that roster. But well, they for some reason, they're not. We, they shouldn't be in a position we know some they have to do uh, a co-branded show on Twitch with Lucha Underground. I love Lucha Underground, but Lucha Underground as a show and as a property is dead in the water right now until they come back and prove otherwise. And Impact, that's their partner. And not only that, but some uh, of the guys on the Impact side of the match also wrestle for Lucha Underground. So... Which which has been weird too, and and honestly, at this point, I'm Quinn. starting to I'm starting to associate some of those guys more with Impact than Lucha yeah. Underground, which they which I should because that's their current promotion that they're going out and wrestling for. I will um, say I, I went to an Impact taping uh, many months ago, and I, I talked about it on show for a minute, but and I went to an MLW taping too. They were fun. Impact was a lot of fun, and I I saw for a hot second. Um, I like what Tommy Dreamer is doing on the show. Or like he went and made Eddie Edwards, who just resigned. Right. I mean, that was a while back, but now now you've kind of got uh, 
Glenn trying to help uh, Smoke Show Scarlet do that as well, and and other veterans that that come through, and that's a great use of veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike you know some of what WWE does, it's like let them come in and not be the focus of the storyline, but just you know help get somebody else over, be a peripheral player in somebody else's storyline. I mean, I don't need the whole Kurt Angle comeback thing for Kurt Angle to give somebody the rub like Baron Corbin. It doesn't make sense to me. Oh, God. But but what they did with Tommy Dreamer and Eddie Edwards, however, perfect. You know, yeah, it's, it's I, a better version of that. Forgive me. Um, I'm, I forget who he's with now, but he's doing – it's a different you know story, but he's doing the same program with the new guy now, getting someone else over. I just – I'm sorry. I'm blowing it because I don't watch Impact. That's all right. Impact. I mean, it's it's again, it's a hard show to watch, and, you know, we, we are – friends and fans of a lot of the people that are over there. So I wish them the greatest level of success. And um, I do think that they should put the belt on cross because as much as I think um, Johnny is a great locker room leader and a good person to have the belt on, I think that they could bring more press and more eyes to the product right now with a hot commodity like that. But speaking of Kevin cross, so the whole reason I brought all that up is I need to, kind of uh, recant, let's say, on my statement from, you know, this time last year about Cross. I absolutely 100% think he should bail on all this shit and go to WWE as soon as possible. I think that with the call-ups that NXT has had recently, he could go in there in the next four or five months and really, really solidify his career and his place in the whole business um, I think he has put enough time under his belt other places now. I think he's good enough. I think he's got the look. I think his promo skills are great. I think that going to NXT for a while would actually help him bring that um, to an even bigger level and just get it in front of more people. I think now is the perfect time while that roster is kind of cleared out before they do rebuild too much. I think he's the guy that should go in there. He is the next Alistair Black there or Drew McIntyre or, you know, big bruiser guy that can still run the ropes that can get in there and really shake things up. He could spend five, six, seven, maybe even a a year there, you know, Um, and then hopefully go to the main roster. The main roster at WWE will, will be tough for Cross because there's plenty of guys his size. There's plenty of guys with his level of ability, Um, but he's the young new version of it. So, I think now is the time. I know he hasn't been in the business that long, but I'm just going back on what I previously said on that he should wait two, three, maybe four years, really make a name of himself for himself outside of WWE. What what else do, what else can he do outside of WWE? Everything else at this point to me for Kevin Cross would be a parallel move to yeah. what he's already doing in Impact. Short of winning a title in either Impact, Ring of Honor, or New Japan, um, you know, uh, maybe a real New Japan run could be the one step that would actually be in between that. That would be bigger. But honestly, I think that that would be at the same level of him going to NXT and doing that. And I think he's got better contacts at NXT. And I think they would take better care of him than New Japan, honestly. So I just think at this point that that would be uh, a great career direction for him. If he's still got contacts over there, if he's still got friends, if he can still get into the performance center, uh, if Kevin, if you're listening, I sincerely hope that you would consider that now might be the time to make that move with Lucha Underground out in limbo and, you know, impact doing some things for you, but really, you know, going to a smaller network now and being harder to find and a harder show to watch. I think now might be the time for the jump. What do you guys think? 
I think you know that, 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 all I want. Uh, just real quick, I think. Wait, that, wait, I, wait a minute. Wait a minute, right, bro. I've got a good, good mic now. I'll shut you down. Yeah, shut him down, Beef. Go for it, Beef. Yeah. What, what, what would be cool is who is he friends with who's recently got doing a program? Well, Al, oh, you know well, he's big friends with Beef, He's in the position he's in right now. At It'd be awesome if he came in and dropped like, Triple H on his head. Uh, I don't he's, think got a, he's got a TikTok. He's I got a TikTok. I'm not saying Kevin Cross is like being favored. Like I don't want to start a DDP <laughs> Eric Bischoff rumor, but he Bang. has the faith of like Don Callis and the top guys at Impact to where he can do what he does best with regards to story that he's involved in and character work that he's involved in. And that's but they've got the favorable, the same favorable position he's in there. Where the cycle. What's that? He is favored. He absolutely is favored. He's in- but he's worked for it. Yeah, I'm saying he's allowed to do the work that he does best, as opposed to like if you if he were to jump up to WWE, who knows? Now I think personally he would be better in WWE than in NXT if he were to get the confidence and the support for character and the story work that he does. I think that's what's going to make the difference. I think if he goes to NXT, like right now, he's going to be behind like uh, Donovan Dijak. I'm saying his name wrong. But like that's the big yeah. that's the big exactly. tough guy right now on NXT. You know what I mean? And that guy is, you know, he has the indie he has more of an indie cred. I think that his overall already, level of intelligence and charisma will get him farther than Dijak backstage overnight. I think he would he could get in the mic skills like he does. Yeah, with I think he could get in with with Finley and Triple H and all those guys and, and Shawn Michaels, who's down there now too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shawn would love to get his hands on a guy like Kevin Cross. Are you kidding me? But I'm saying like in NXT, he learns or he develops the WWE flavor of his character. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have three catchphrases and you pick one, or they the want you down to do one. You know, whatever, and you you pick your presentation for their cameras, for their show. Like, I, that's what I think he would need to do in NXT, but I think he would excel if he were brought up to the big show, to the main show, and were, and were given, um, you know, the attention and the faith by the top writers to do something impactful. No pun intended. God damn it, Byron. You just had to fucking that. do the impact. I didn't mean to, but it was there. And I apologize. You're worse than you're worse than Matt Stryker. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. That's it. I think I think that our real I think that the real answer that my piss drinking friend is trying to suggest is that someone needs to bring back Pancraze so that we can have King of Pancraze Killer Cross, and then everything will be fine. Everything. But here's the thing with that: perfect. we would love that. Kevin Cross would probably like beat people up with a giant boner he would love that so much but i don't mm-hmm. know that if that makes him a huge star in wrestling I, who cares uh, happiness. It, happiness. It, i'll tell you pain. why it could make him a big star in wrestling because he's the guy that's going to take that information into wrestling with him he's not going to wait for somebody to write him the promo of being the legit fighter and take it in there. He's going to do just like what he did with hardcore TV. You know, Tommy asked him one question about something like that. And he goes for it. He goes for the story, even though he was, I think, you know, at first he was a little reluctant to talk about some of his bare knuckle days. 
But, you know, eventually he went with some of that. And that is part of his lore and his story. And he's a smart guy. I think he'll take all of that with him better than Ronda's doing right now. Oh, and I'll get to that in a oh. minute. But. And I think you guys should oh. ask, Byron, you should ask that question to King of Pan Craze, Ken Shamrock, King of Pan Craze, Minoru Suzuki. Mm-hmm. No, I Itch. actually Suzuki didn't win uh, King of Pancrase, but he's king in all of our hearts. No, I love Suzuki, uh, and you know, I love Shamrock too. Um, I'm just saying that you know, Kevin want? Cross brings a certain element to the table, characters and story wise, that I think um, WWE. Like, I mean, obviously, I think the Lucha Underground presentation of it being kind of like a movie is the best presentation but it's not consistent and it doesn't have the wide enough audience. And I think that he is both able to do that in the ring and during the show, but he also can be a great ambassador for the sport and for a company as well when the lights are turned off. All right. So Sean, Sean in the chat, Sean in the chat yeah. thinks that we're marking out a little bit for, for big Kev for, for yeah, for ni- nice name yeah. change, Mr. Krabs, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah. But here's 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 the thing about a guy like Cross, and I think I feel like we saw it early on. Um, there was lots of guys that were coming into Lucha Underground doing dark matches that we could have marked out for, but he stood out to us on his own. Um, he presented something that we just all genuinely found very interesting, and then as we got to see a little more of what he was doing, it was like, wow, other guys on the indies aren't doing a lot of that stuff and i wouldn't bullshit him or any of you guys to say that all of the the early matches i saw of his were epic but uh i think that some of his mav pro stuff that a lot of people haven't even seen is some of his best stuff if you're looking to to know what some of his best stuff is sean like um his match with uh chris bay and his match with simon uh gotch whatever name he's going by Simon Um, grim grim yeah um i think that those were both super epic um great and the match great with match. keith lee yeah yeah and i think that uh he he's had some Just really in. great stuff and 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 he's had some other stuff where he's going through the motions and you can tell that he's a little bit newer and he's just out there doing a standard performance. I've never seen him have a truly bad performance uh and I've seen him have some great performances and I think he's also on the way to even greater performances but he also needs to find the guys to to go up against. I think his stuff against Mundo and Cage recently has been phenomenal. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Jim? Uh well no. I feel like there's going to be a... Uh, Which one is Jim? The, the British guy with the pedophile mustache or the guy named Jim? Is the, the guy with the mask? Hey. Uh, I, I will say that there will be a good example that uh, there will be a good example that people can see uh, of Cross at the end of the month when he'll be main eventing Mav Pro against one Bob Hardcore Holly uh and when i talked across at mm-hmm. one of the last bar wrestling shows i asked him dude how stiff is this match going to be and he just gave me this look and basically said oh it's going to be good so uh i plan to be there justin i don't know if you plan to be there too um, uh depends on if i'm out of town working or not if i'm in uh, town i probably will be there yeah and by the way this map pro show is like 10 minutes down the road for me so it's perfect um yeah also that same night at bar wrestling when i talked to him uh he did have a little message for Byron for, uh, for, you know, what was that? <laughs> uh, I believe it was, uh, he's going to cite to Byron. Uh, Why? 
know. You know, I can't explain what I can't explain what he what he uh, what's on his checklist. I'm a big fan of his. I bought two T-shirts. How many do you have? Uh, I also have two T-shirts. Oh. <laughs> I, I see one right there in the background, Byron. Like, oh, there right it is. Over no, his shoulder. Where's it's yours in the background, Byron? I have a I have a hoodie. I wore that today outside. Uh, I believe this would be the picture right here, which is visible on uh, on my Twitter as well. But uh, thanks for posting. I that believe line. that is the checklist right there. If anyone can view of Mr. Cross, the checklist uh, oh, yeah. includes you gotta, two. You gotta Saito mm -hmm. suplexing Byron. And then he's going to return some video tapes. Uh, so. You got to remember to return those tapes. You don't want those yep. fines. That shit adds up. Exactly. Well, um, dude, I hope he does because I've been trying to go. I've been at uh, Redbox and get out Mr. Frost for ages now, and he still hasn't returned it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm, I, I'm sorry, Justin, but Redbox does not use video tapes. Thank you. We, we run a realistic podcast. Come on. Here. Like, I've rented anything in the last 20 years. My God. Are you kidding me? Can you still rent video? <laughs> what? You told me yeah. you rented Russell Madness. I did. You watched it like seven times after you wore out the copy of Boone that you bought. Um, Byron wore out his last rental. I do have a copy of Boone. I do have a copy of Boone here somewhere. Um, I, I do want to say, since we're talking about movies, everyone should watch Brandon Haberman's movie. What's Brandon's movie? Brandon Bumpcam? Brandon Bumpcam. Um, Casey, do you remember what it is? No, but I remember fucking Brandon. It's called Ryan Baxter Reenactor, and it's on iTunes. It's award-winning, and it's also really good, and you should watch it. Well, I, I would hope it would it. be good if it won some awards. So I would watch. I would definitely watch. Yeah, Boone and Dominator, we want to clarify that we're talking about cameraman Brandon. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone is fully aware of Brandon Bumpkin. I mean, yes. Yeah. That will go down <laughs> in Lucha Underground history. Oh, Andre Nichols says that Cross is about to have a match with Davy Boy, Davy Boy Smith Jr. He is. Should be but see, but see, you messed it up because me and Byron have um, this thing where we no-sell Davy Boy at any possible opportunity. So I wasn't even going to mention Davy Boy. I was just going to say that that Cross had some match coming up with some guy who thinks he's somebody. Harry did uh, a uh, uh, um, Dynamite Kid tribute match, one with a tombstone and diving headbutt recently. Hey, and hey, then he Meef, can I get a too sweet? Can I get a too sweet for Phantasmo, Meef? And then he, uh, he piss off through straight at New Japan for some reason. <laughs> you can right. my plums, Casey. Byron, I want to talk Byron, about Byron, too sweet. Casey, you're wearing the mask. I want to talk about your match of the week. Uh, hopefully, if you're this is my face, show... dude. I'm sensitive. Oh, Fuck. I'm sorry. sorry. Okay, my match of the week. Yes, the curse of the barbed wire bat between the boogeyman, which is Eddie Gilbert dressed up like fucking Michael Myers. Awesome. We got the grave digger that has nothing to do with monster trucks and is um, some kind of like Puerto Rican looking dude with a, you know, misfits devil lock jerry curl. He's pretty dope. And then uh, the great Jason, the terrible wing spirit, Jason, the terrible, please accept my friend request on Facebook. Jason, love you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, why, in fact, did those gentlemen decide that that amount of blood was necessary for those 15 people that were watching in that audience? It's because Wing did so many home video releases, and since this crowd of 15 people was also uh, treated to some ECW guys showing up, 
I think they thought this was going to air on ECW TV, and none of it fucking did. Yeah, that's why Sandman showed up. The camera work is better than what was going on at ECW at the time. Yeah, and it's it's pretty funny because it was probably just like straight up camcorder cams too. Um, but uh, it was pretty dope. Ninety percent of the match was outside of the ring. Um, but you do get they started to go in the ring just so they could do lucha dives. So you get to see Eddie Gilbert dressed like Michael Myers doing a fucking lucha dive, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, there were Jason doing dives all over. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, Jason will do some dives, but seeing Eddie Gilbert dressed as Michael Myers do a dive, I'm like, whoa, okay, this is the match of the week. So this is the first match of the week that it, it's not good until it gets good. So, like, the match is clipped, but you still have 25 minutes of them just chasing each other around the ring, trying to not hit each other with the bat, and they didn't clip that part out. Uh, but I promise it gets good. And it does. It does. Man. About about nine, eight or nine minutes into it, it started to get really good. They started getting back in the ring, doing the dives, busting each other open. The the running around the ring part, yeah, it was a little slow, but I had stuff going on in the background and getting ready for the show, so I you didn't mind. Sandman, it. you get a you get a pit bull, or was it both pit bulls? I don't remember. You get a, a pit bull, and you get Sandman. Sandman when he actually had muscle definition in his arms. Still yeah, in the pot you get belly. The other, you get the other Jason, Jason Knight from ECW, sexiest man alive, Jason. Sexy, He's sexy man is just incredible. Yeah, and oh. uh, but we both we both know Jason the Terrible is just as sexy, but um, especially with the mask. Well, it's a good match. You guys should go watch it. In fact, you should always watch Casey's match of the week. The professor always finds digs up some some goodness. Um, I know let's... a while ago I put up a, a shopping uh, a shopping center supermarket death match that Wing did. Uh, it's it's in my tweet somewhere. Watch that one too. It's fucking crazy. It takes a while to get going, but then they're like throwing cash registers at each other and shit. And I don't think they smartened up most of the shopping center. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing all right i want to talk a little bit about the uh the chelsea green thing that's going on she's she's injured in the hospital um i don't think it's any specific injury i think it's just general pain swelling and fatigue i of... thought she said she broke her wrist and needed surgery mm -hmm. was that what it is she did. did she break her wrist yeah yeah and she'll be out for about six to seven weeks so it doesn't matter though it happened in the middle of a match between her and uh jesse was she getting uh, her, her first match, right? Very, her very first match. So uh, we, I don't know exactly when it happened in the match. People were just reporting it happened directly in the middle of the match, and she still finished the match. So yeah, good for her terrible. on that. She's and the base, I, uh, apparently, uh, she got out of the hospital a few days ago, but then just today she had to go back. She, uh, out of all people, Tegan Knox had to drive her back to the hospital. Oh. Uh, don't know, know exactly what happened, but. Yeah, uh, best wishes out to uh, Chelsea. Aww, Super Chelsea. awesome. Yeah. Hey, so so was it um, Ricochet's girlfriend's fault? Should we start giving her heat? So, I mean, she her? wasn't in the match, so I'm going to go ahead and say no, it wasn't her fault. Mm, wait, who was in the match? I just wants to blame her anyway. It was uh, Jesse. Let's blame her. Jesse. Jesse. Got her? Uh, she's, no, Je her, her name is just Jesse. She's kind of got like a nerd girl gimmick. I'm so excited. I'm so she's the new, she's the new Riddick Moss. So no, apparently she's Riddick Moss is coming back in a couple of weeks. I I was wondering what happened to him and Tina Sabatelli because they were pushing them as a tag team for a while, then they broke them up, and then they did nothing with them. 
Well, I think Tino's Tino's good, but I think he had injury problems, so they're trying to figure something else out for him because he's a nice guy and has talent. Riddick Moss is a pile of garbage. They should maybe like change the locks and not tell him. I think it's hilarious that when I went to the uh, NXT house show at in uh, at LA Live uh, a couple of years ago, um, Tino Sabatelli and Rid Riddick Moss uh, were facing, uh, I think it was Sanity, um, but when they they were such heels and they were such good heels, but then the crowd started chanting EC3 at Tino, and it was hilarious. And then lo and behold, they ended up signing EC3 himself like months later and man it worked out great for him but, i mean everybody knew that that ec3 yeah, signing was yeah. coming though come on yeah, yeah. but this was well before that though actually ec3 was still an impact with no like sign of leaving any at that time how much more time yeah. does ec3 have though haven't they killed his character on raw oh they already? definitely killed his character i mean he's not on raw byron he's on main event losing to tyler breeze that's kind of been a thing lately that's hot. um that's hot. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, but but if someone watches main event and no one's watching, did they really lose? That's true. Exactly. It's, it's a trip all in the woods. Yeah, true. Is um, anybody actually watching that? I didn't even realize it was running. Well, man, and this is here's my problem with NXT. It's like every time Jim likes somebody on NXT, they either get called up or they get hurt. What's going on, yeah. Jim? Is this the curse of Jim? Jimmy Pretty V? What's going on? Jim Belasco. What's How up? many Black guys Riddle? named Jim are on the show? Jesus Christ! I mean, I don't even remember when. Did, I mean, we uh, we haven't done the show in a while, so I can't even remember when. When was the last time we? we I don't know. I just remember. No, see, it was like we did the show, and then mm -hmm. you went to like NXT, and then you were like hanging out with Johnny Gargano yeah. and like all I these think, cool people yeah. there, and then they all got called up on the big show, and I was thinking, oh, Jim's giving him the rub, and then now it's just a question of are they going to get buried on Raw because of you, or Wait. are they going to actually succeed in life? So well, was our last show in 2018? Is that yes? That's oh yeah. What I'm okay. Thinking. So okay. So yeah. the thing is, I don't know how many people who any of our listeners slash viewers know you know all 12 of you um uh i did end up going to uh phoenix for uh nxt takeover and the royal rumble and uh i had a very gracious uh experience uh my friends and i were actually able to sit second row takeover so if you go back and watch that show you will see probably the back of my head uh Ooh. every now and again or if they do a shot of opposite hard camera area that's where i'll be um seats provided uh by mr johnny gargano thank you sir uh we actually had better seats than his parents his parents sat a row behind us nice uh but it was awesome to be there for his uh short but that was when he won the north american title we didn't know it was going to happen in fact we were even saying like we want him to win but we don't expect him to win so when he won we were marking out like crazy we were high-fiving uh his parents and uh, we actually also uh, sat next to Bianca Belair's family, including her mom, who's who's super sweet. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. And uh, I guess this is where the rub comes in uh, from what you were talking about, because when we went backstage, we actually we were talking to him uh, and uh, Ch Champa. And I guess there there was the bad luck rub right there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you slap Johnny, Johnny got neck as hard as you could. Johnny Johnny got to appear. Johnny and Candice appeared the next night at uh, at, um, in both in their Royal Rumble matches. 
Mm-hmm. Champa was nowhere to be found, and then this all happened. So I don't know. <laughs> you, I don't know. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have hugged him that hard in that photo around the neck, dude. Fuck. Here's an, here's an idea. If you have a guy who who just came back from major uh, surgery, major like he already wrestled uh, when he had a broken ankle and just a huge messed up leg, he still wrestled a monster of a match, and then he comes back, gives a hell of a run, and you're like, he's gonna make it to WrestleMania takeover. And then he's done. So let's just finish that awesome program. You bring him on Raw, and you just increase his travel and workload and break his neck. That that's the thing, dope. though. We, we don't know when or how long that injury's been going. And honestly, that's not something I felt like asking uh, Johnny or Tommaso after well, I read, the fact. I read he was going to uh, – that he was going to – after WrestleMania, after that weekend, he was going to take some time off. Well, yeah, we don't know. Still, the ex- it's funny because when they said he needed surgery, people were all assuming it was from that bad uh, landing uh, from his match with uh, him and Johnny versus the bar on SmackDown. He oh. went for that sunset flip powerbomb off the top rope, and out of all people, Sheamus, a big dude, just landing on your <laughs> knee and contorting your leg. The fact that that's not the injury is mind-boggling. Yeah, that, that was fucked up, man. I but saw be- that. Five to six, they said. He didn't get the 14-month surgery, right? He got, uh, I don't, he got the front neck surgery, so that's usually like six months or something, I think like I heard. Tina and Scott Hall got. Right, but is that does that mean that they may go back in after the fact? Did they do that with uh, Cena and Scott Hall? Hard to say. Well, they, they had to yeah. do it with Angle, but they didn't have to do it with Cena. Okay. Oh, yeah. chat room, mm-hmm. chat room. Just so you know, mm-hmm. Dorian uh, is definitely not going to get a pass on this show. I will give you. I, the already, dirt I already said this, Dorian. I shortly. Um, anyway, so here, here's, here's here's one of the things I want to say about wrestlers and wrestling in general. I think a lot of people don't realize how solitary a life wrestling can be and what these guys go through a lot of times. I think it gets really, really overlooked. And I, I and sometimes I'm baffled by that. It's like, I don't, I'm baffled by how people could think, you know, like look at Ric Flair. Ric Flair led a lonely life, believe it or not. He has. I mean, you, you're not the guy that goes into the bar mm-hmm. and buys 50 shots and tries to go home with four women if you're not a lonely person. What's these guys, the story of his first title win? I mean, these guys, they live in pain constantly. They work really hard. And the benefits can be great for a lot of them. For some of them, it's not. For some of them, they're still living that kind of lonely lifestyle. It's very solitary. You're on the road. You know, you have friends, but they're not always with you. They change from time to time. If you're lucky, you get to go up and down the road with somebody that you you get along with really well for four or five years at a time at best. Um, and, and it's this kind of solitary, bizarre lifestyle. And, and the reason why I'm mentioning this was because I feel like um, the lifestyle of a wrestler and, and how a wrestler has to be self-preserving a lot of the time for their own psyche, for their own health, and for their own business affairs, for their own pushes, um, I think is where you start to get the things like what's happening with these Lucha Underground lawsuits. Um, and I want to say this before I get into this. I like Ivelisse as a person. She's a decent human being. She is a nice lady. I don't have any issues with her. But I am going to say that 
I hope that people understand that her lawsuit is not indicative of the whole company. There's been a lot of talk since we've last been on the air and we haven't had a chance to clear it up, but I believe that I do have the whole picture that a lot of other people don't have about why Ivelisse especially was the start of the things that are going on. But I do have to say that I believe that Ivelisse and the way that she has approached this particular situation is grossly erroneous. And that's about the nicest way I could put it. Here's, here's the deal, guys. Between season three and four, after the hiatus that happened in the middle of season three, a lot of talent had issues. Some of these are still under wraps. Some of them are very, very public. But the brass at um, Factory Made and MGM especially understood this. It was never their goal to have the show take these giant breaks. Um, even, you know, Krista Joseph and Chris Roach talked about it earlier um, this week on a different show about how um, their idea was like coming out of Austin Warfare, they would start going on the road. They would start finding ways to be a promotion and keep their talent happy. They knew then that it was going to be an issue if they couldn't. Those first two seasons ran back to back and it was fine. Everyone worked. Everyone was happy. It was one of the best locker rooms the business has ever seen. And then season three came around and people had a little bit of a grumble here and there because there were some other opportunities they couldn't get to. But then a lot of them were actually fine because the season three order was so huge. It was 40 episodes. They filmed it over a long period of time people's storylines were coming together a lot of people were very very happy one of the people who did not have a great season three was Ivelisse um she was hot right at the beginning of the season they gave her 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 uh Ultima Lucha match at the beginning of the season they had mm -hmm. big plans for her and it didn't pan out again for her the second time that it had happened um but that didn't mean the company didn't have any faith in her. They brought her back at Ultima Lucha, but by the time she came back, she was cold. She was cold with the crowds. Um, backstage, there wasn't you know a ton of love for her. She just hadn't been there. And you could see it on her face. We all saw it that like, wow, she is not happy right now. She's not in a good place. And then you get the tweets with her talking about depression and this, that, and the other thing and all, and, and all the weird stuff that she was going through afterwards. And I want everyone to know that I completely sympathize with where she was at. That's a tough road. She was at WWE, didn't entirely work out. Then she came to Lucha Underground, and it looked like she might be able to turn some things around. But the, just the luck of the draw kind of took her away from a lot of that. Well, here we are into season three. And a lot of talent are really grumbling. They have issues. They're like, I want the fuck out of this thing. What do I got to do? So the bosses came up with a way. They actually capitulated. They said, hey, here's the deal, guys. If you want to get out of your contracts, come talk to us. We'll find a way to, to help you do something else. We really want to write you off if you're currently under contract and we haven't anticipated you being gone from the show. Give us a chance to find a way to get you out of here that makes sense for your fans, our viewers, and for the storylines of the show. And plenty of people took them up on that. Swerve took them up on that. Cobb took them up on that. A few other people did. A few other people were written out against their will for season four. But at the same time, it was being done. It was a thing. It was making sense for the show. The, the guys that, you know, 
were problematic were the Mexican guys. And that was because of visas and other issues with season four that we, you've heard us talk about at great length on the show. Yeah, but it's okay. They would have just jobbed to Jack Swagger 10 more times anyway. So Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And Drago doesn't have to. But so the, the moral of the story is at that point in time, Evil Lee's did not ask to get out of her contract did not act like there was any problem with working for Lucha Underground. It was still her best option. And with a lot of other people leaving and, and knowing that Sexy Star wasn't coming back, it was a great opportunity for Evie to actually push herself forward again. All those chances that she had gotten before in Lucha Underground that hadn't quite panned out, it was like, all right, Evie, this might be your chance. I said on tape to their social media guys at the very beginning of the season that I thought that they might put the strap on her at some point, that they might, you know, put a gift of the gods or the main title on her. I was really believing, like, I think they're going to still give her a push. Um, and she had those conversations with DeJoseph and Roach and EBW, and they said, look, we're going to take care of you. We're going to do right with you by you for this season. And she did not ask to get out at that point in time. She got big storylines. She got tons of ring time the crowd did get back behind her season four went better for her than for a lot of people mm-hmm. but then came the aftermath other performers were being let go and, and i take it back other performers were not being let go other performers are being allowed to work other places what was happening is mgm was writing into their contracts exceptions for them to perform other places she never asked for a specific exception to go perform somewhere else. And I believe that this is because she wasn't getting offers to perform anywhere else. She wants a blanket release from her entire contract so that she can start to try to drum up business in these other places. I believe some of these other places have already even expressed that they aren't interested in her at this time. So, I think, and, and maybe they use the fact that she was under contract as an excuse for that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, she's in a tough spot and I get it. It's, it's a hard position to be in because she wants to garner interest in herself so that she can get out there and do other stuff. But at the same time, the desire and demand for some of these other performers is what allowed them to get out of their contracts. You know, Swerve had everyone in the world coming at him. So when he goes and says, Hey guys, can I get a release? They're like, fine. He also did a whole season to get that release. So did Cobb. He ended up putting over AR Fox who was out for the whole season with injury. And you know, that's great. Um, Yeah. I kind of like how the people who were on their way out, were still treated well on the way out. They were given strong programs. They were utilized as strong TV characters to help the show still. They weren't just like, all right, now you're, it's not like Matanza's going to lose every single match now. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and they were still given strong storylines, and it still was a good locker room. Here's the other part of the story. Evie had issues in that locker room. I'm not going to get into the specifics of them, but... Um, to the average fans and the people that I've seen that that wildly threw support behind her and her claims and what was going on with her. Um, and I'm not shilling for Lucha Underground here because I'm going to get to the other end of the story shortly. But please do understand that she uh, the locker room is a tough place. And I'm not going to say it's fair or unfair. It's tough, man. There's There's a whole different world that the boys live in. 
And when you don't play by those rules and when people see you going outside of those rules or think you're doing other things to gain favor or think that you aren't deserving of something or you haven't gone along with somebody in a match the right way, it doesn't really matter. It can be any number of things, but you get a name in the locker room. And I'm not saying that every performer should just go and do what everyone else in the locker room thinks they should do either. Sometimes you do have to take it upon yourself, go into business for yourself a little bit, because at the end of the day, it's your paycheck. You're not a team. You're not going home together. You're not all friends. You're not all hunky-dory. But at the same time, you do have to work with these people. They do have to trust themselves with you and, and their bodies. And it's a tough, tough line to figure out sometimes it gets crossed all the time lots of crazy stuff happens in wrestling people sleep around because they're leaving leading leaving leading a lonely life mm -hmm. people are it's a carny style of life in general so carny shit happens you know beef happens in the back heat happens in the back it's not necessarily justified but it doesn't matter because it has an effect look at page people like she has led the most ridiculous life. And maybe if she wasn't out gallivanting around doing her Bonnie and Clyde routine with Alberto, then maybe her life would be totally different right now. But she another, did. She's carny as about, anyone else. And, and she's still a sweet her. girl. They tried to protect her from that because she was, you know, she came up wrestling with through her family, you know, like the movie um, at such a young age. So like she was ready to go at a young age. And WrestleMania was in New Orleans, and they still pulled her off from the main show until she was over 21. Right. To try and, and like protect her from the mistakes of youth. And still. But these things also aren't weird. Like when her sex tapes and stuff came out, it's not like anybody in the business was like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that. No, what the people in the business were saying was, oh, damn, I feel so bad for her that it got out. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't that they were surprised that she was involved in it. It wasn't that she anyone was surprised that she was doing it because guess what? They all are. It's part of the business. <laughs> and and I'm just shocked and flabbergasted sometimes when people, um, they're, they're wrestling fans and they're wrestling marks, yet they don't understand wrestlers as people. They don't understand the psyche of wrestling. They don't understand what these people actually go through and that some of these mm -hmm. things are not necessarily anyone's fault. Ivelisse's contract with situation Rockstar. with Lucha Underground is not anyone's fault. She has every right to want to get out of her contract. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with the fact that the guys at Lucha Underground are going, okay, well, why didn't you ask us when we were doing that for everybody? Now, Here's the problem. Dorian Roldan. This motherfucker is the person that could let her go. And I think he's probably fucking with her at this point. Because he can. Because she didn't do it when she had the protection of all the producers being around and the rest of the locker room and the few people in the locker room that did support her. Because she has friends. I'm not saying that she's burned everyone in the locker room. She hasn't. She had three or four key people that had issues with her. And then she had a ton of great close friends in that locker room, many of whom I know and I'm good friends with as well. I think that the problem now is the fact that that whole group isn't there. All those producers aren't around. She doesn't have any protection. Her contract is a piece of paper sitting on Dorian's desk. Dorian will let other people go because it benefits him. He has a relationship with Impact. He has relationships with Ring of Honor and other companies. He doesn't mind letting talent go to those other places. 
or come to AAA or doing favors. Um, Thunder Rosa, who is another person who kind of wants out of her contract, that was even after she got hooked up through MGM to do some work at WOW. But she just wants to get out of her contract so she can try to expand her, her horizons. Joey Ryan is in a similar position of he didn't have any problem with doing season four of Lucha Underground. He would totally love to do more Lucha Underground. But at this current point in time, what would behoove him is to be released of all exclusivity because he's a guy that can work Japan. He can work Ring of Honor. He can work AEW. He can work Impact. He can literally work everywhere in a contract where he has to keep going back and asking permission for every single one is a giant pain in his ass. However, not Eva Lisa's situation. That's not what she's going through. She's not Joey Ryan. Um, Joey Ryan wants out of his contract just because it's a nuisance. He's still getting to do all of those things. It's not hindering him one single bit. And there's no reason why anything going on with Eva Lee's contractually should be hindering her from doing every single thing that she wants to do. And at this point, just go and do it. There's not a person on the roster who hasn't just gone and shown up someplace else but her. And you have to ask yourself at a certain point, is it them or is it you? Like, it's her. If you want to go to Impact, if Impact will have you, Show up there tomorrow and see if Dorian tries to take you to court over it. See if MGM tries to sue you over it. They're not going to. They're not going to actually stop her. The only thing stopping her is her saying that she's under contract and being stopped or somebody else using that as an excuse not to hire her because they already don't want to. There's no way in a hot, fiery hell that it is actually Dorian spending money to try to chase her down with a lawsuit to keep her from wrestling somewhere. He could give a fuck. Seriously. Actually, uh, it's, back it's, this up. It's, because, it's, uh, what are you saying, Neef? Go ahead. Well, some recent activity that I've been doing, which um, I have come up against the, oh, we thought so-and-so was under contract. That's why we didn't reach out to them. That is a legit thing. People just don't want to mess around with going backwards and forwards, checking dates, easy for it, and then not being rude. Triple Triple I have a um, long history of suddenly deciding someone is going to get booked that weekend and they should be doing the AAA show, not your show, and pulling them out. So that is a very... Uh, well, and, and, and look, and that's, a, and that's a risk to take. But at the same time, you know, look at what power they have to necessarily do anything about it. Yeah, they may never book you again. You might burn the bridge with them, but it's not necessarily going to get you in legal heat. It's not necessarily going to get the company that you're going to work for in legal heat. It might just mess up a show for one side or the other. But who is she under contract to? She's not under contract to AAA. She's under contract to Lucha Underground, a promotion that doesn't need to call her up anytime soon, as far as I know. You know what's funny, though, is everyone that's burned bridges with AAA has been brought back recently. So who gives a fuck about burning bridges with With AAA? With with AAA. No, no, I wasn't talking about burning bridges with them. But I was just saying that that's putting off promoters. Promoters are being put off with dealing with people who have got contracts. So I was backing up the point that Justin was making about the. And if you don't get personal, if you don't get personal and you don't get ugly about it, even if you burn a company, the chances are you can mend that fence at some point in time. Or even if you do, Conan's booking fucking AAA. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you can make money, people will want. 
you to make money for yeah. them. And, mm -hmm. and Ivelisse yeah. is a talent in the ring, and she's really good, and she could be an asset in any of these companies. Yes, you know? yes, she could, but she has to make herself the asset. She right. has to stop waiting for someone else to make her an asset. She doesn't need it. She has the charisma. She has enough in-ring ability. She has enough recognizability that if she... If she took the Kevin Cross approach, if she started making videos and telling her own story and going out there and playing ball in every small promotion until the promotion stopped being small and started being bigger and bigger, she would be at the top of the game. She'd be back at NXT by now. I guarantee it. But she's not. And I'm telling you, it's it's a psyche thing. And it's part of the bumps and bruises that she's taken along the road. I'm not saying that she's a piece of crap. I don't think that at all. I actually genuinely like her and wish her the best and hope mm -hmm. that she can get through this and get to the other side of it because I believe that she can still do great things. She's not necessarily young in the business anymore like she once was, but at the same time, she can now take a more veteran approach to it. She mm -hmm. just has to do a different kind of work. She has to she has to be a little more of a people pleaser and still be looking out for herself, but taking more personal responsibility in the looking out for herself, as opposed to just laying the blame at the doorstep of, you know, Dorian Roldan or Lucha Underground or whoever's got her contract right now. And I also, also, I don't necessarily think that that was just her doing. I think that the, the lawyers and the other people that were involved in the story got much bigger than her complaint about the issues. I think it started with her, but as you see that there are other people involved, and we'll talk about Phantasma here in a second. Um, there's other people that have issues also, but I think because of the way she was stating her issues, people took her cause and ran with it more than she would have even done. And then she starts believing that hype and mm. feeding back into it. You know, well, didn't she also delete the original tweet that made the original complaint? Yeah, she did. But I wonder if she made that tweet and then Phantasma's lawyer brought her in, you know, her and Joey Ryan in. Those are the only people they got to jump in on that part of his lawsuit so then she deleted it because you don't want to mess with you know a trial with social media nonsense so um no, no, it is, but uh yeah i mean i i don't she hasn't talked about it since nor should she nor right. should she but what she should do yeah. is she should just go out and try to work and she's doing some of that she's doing some indies and whatnot and she's, she's doing time. i think she's in good Good shape right now and uh, I'd like to see her do some big things um, the real question is can she mend enough fences in the business in general to get into someplace more permanently like a ring of honor or an, an impact I think obviously impact is the place that she would want to be um, right now or NXT um, that's gonna be a harder road I mean, for her to get to one of those two there's I a, think AEW would be good because they're well. gonna do. They're gonna want to do intergender. They're gonna have. They're you know. I think it's gonna be another uh, area. Isn't there a doesn't Cody hater? I would just. I, 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 I will just head. say that I believe of the places that she could go, that would probably be the one where she would have the most heat. I don't oh, okay. think. I don't think that that would be the best choice. I don't yeah. know. I don't know that. <laughs> Impact, she could come into the LAX dynamic and uh, try and like almost like pushing out the other girl. And then I don't know how Con I don't know how Conan feels about you know? her though. I, I I would imagine that Conan, um, 
Conan is a guy that definitely makes up his own mind about people, but at the same time, he's not going to go against things that he's heard in the locker room until he has a personal experience with her. So it would behoove her if she could go do, uh, you know, an MLW or a AAA show or, you know, something that Conan's involved in um, and get in front of him. Not unlike what Kevin Cross did. I mean, Kevin Cross just eventually got himself in front of Conan and Conan was like, Oh shit, this is, the, this dude's sweet. Let's, let's hook this dude up. I, I'll put, I'll attach my name to him. <laughs> I'll take some of his fucking rub, whatever, you know? And I think she could get that from a guy like Conan too, unless he's already got some personal issue with her, but I, I have never heard of him having any issue with her. So I, I would say that, you know, he's one of the most powerful guys in the whole business right now, outside of the WWE. In mm-hmm. fact, I'd almost say that he is the single most important person oh, outside yeah. of the WWE Jesus. for an up-and-coming wrestler. Conan has been for a while. I mean, he put Crash on the map, and then when yeah. he got a real job again, no one gives a fuck about Crash anymore. You know? And, oh, no, and, no, the Crash doing all right. Crash are still doing fine. Crash have got some real... Yeah. They've got some really fucking ridiculous cards, man. You should. They're doing a... Was it the Crash versus... Is it Ring of Honor and New Japan? Oh, yeah. yeah, but it got the rub because of Conan, and it's yeah. and everything that he touches for a little while, it helps them out. I mean, he's been helping out AAA. AAA is not the the shit show it was two years ago because mm-hmm. he's there. TNA is or Impact, whatever it's been called these days. He helped oh, that yeah. out. He helped MLW. He uh, Arrow Lucha, you know, which was something that oh, shouldn't have even gotten off the ground, and yet it did. And a lot of it was it was because of him. Um, and in fact, I would go so far as to say that. Conan leaving Lucha Underground might have been the start of the demise for Lucha Underground because if he had stuck around, I think that he is one of the guys that could have actually helped facilitate doing those live shows that never happened. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and there's a whole long story about why Conan left there and, and it was um, justifiable on both ends why he parted ways with Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. So you can't revisit that part of it other than to say it's a shame that that had to be that way because I really do believe he could have helped. Um, At the same time, I also believe that storyline-wise, the stuff that he was interjecting was actually a little bit too stale and a little bit too AAA-esque was some of the the traditions that he was bringing from Mexico. I think he was a good voice for traditional Lucha Libre, but I think that he was also hurting the product a little bit by by stifling some of the forward thinking that was coming from Roach and Stolman and from DJ. It is interesting that everyone for years uh, says the line, like, Lucha Underground's a TV show, not a wrestling promotion. When it's like, you know, they don't get great ratings or they don't sell a lot of merch or blah, blah, blah. It's like, everyone like everyone knows that's the go-to line. But I think I mean, the whole Conan, the whole the Conan thing is like the biggest example of the difference between a TV show and a wrestling promotion. Yeah. With, you know, not getting into the... Uh, he wouldn't have helped a lot with the visas stuff. and shit. He would have seen that coming. Do, do any of you guys you know? know who Christina Magno is? Does anyone know who Christina Magno is? No clue. No clue, right? And you're all, you guys were all uh, Lucha Underground fans. Christina Magno is basically one of the people at Factory Made that is who needs to make the decision right now if there's ever going to be a season five people need oh, to just release it into the public well done right. that woman's not going to be able to sleep ever well, but, but i mean this that, but that's the, fucking christ but that's the whole you've ended, point you've ended someone's life people keep asking brother. guys people keep asking guys like chris roach and krista joseph what's going on with season five they don't fucking know 
Does Krista Joseph You know what I'm have... talking about. Someone's going to be on a lawn Christy tomorrow. Joseph Someone's going to be on a lawn tomorrow with his balls Unless out. Krista What's Joseph has $500,000 per episode in his pocket to dole out to make some Lucha Underground TV tomorrow, he is not the person to ask that question. You need to be on, asking the people Stop at El Rey. You need to be asking the people at Univision. You need to be asking the people at Factory Made, the people that can get a per-episode budget approved for Lucha Underground. I am so sick and fucking tired of people DMing me and talking nonsense on the internet about what it's going to take to get a season five of Lucha Underground. I can tell you exactly what it's going to take. Money. It's going to take more. Rodriguez. It's going to take Mr. Rodriguez. Thanks, Mr. Rodriguez. Thanks, Nancy. Love you, Nancy. Jesus. Oh, God. The funniest thing I've ever read was someone someone in in one of the groups on Facebook going, um, you know, like, they don't like. Uh, I like Mr. Lucha Underground, but I don't like me no Mexicans. That's what you read. That's what you read. Good voice, man. Your a producer, which means. He, a, all a producer Christian does Joseph, is give money to the budget. He just pays money so the show could be made. He does. Well, before that, he wasn't even the head writer, though. <laughs> but the, yeah, and the thing is, it's like, could you imagine telling, look, Chris to Joseph in the face, looking him in the oh, eyes, look. and saying, "Hey, man, come here and work, and then give us money." Look, we got to remember as well, people here, that Dust Till Dawn and Lucha Underground are tightly intertwined. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, the whole idea is people have their what producers are skewed, and it makes it's funny to me. But the thing is, and and Ev Dub had talked to us about this in the past, where like he's like, I want to do this for more. We tried less, and it just we didn't deliver what we wanted to season four for a variety of reasons. And maybe it even just costs more money to plan ahead of time to bring the guys from Mexico that we wanted on the show, and but. I mean, at this point, are they going to get more money? No, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. And we talked about this a little it in the past, and it's a, it's, it's a situation of having to put some of the pieces together that people haven't put together. The information is actually all out there. None of it is secret other than the actual per-episode uh, budgets, some of which I know, but that information is not going to come out. So here's the deal. Um, when they finally negotiated a season four, everybody at MGM and uh, Lucha Libre F uh, Lucha Libre LLC, which is Dorian's company of IP holders, they hold the intellectual property and the ideas for Lucha Underground. They own them. Then MGM owns the production rights. Those two were kind of a front together. And on the other end of that spectrum was Factory Made, El Rey, and Univision, who was the parent company bringing the money in for that stuff. So what what the network faction, as I will call them, wanted was, hey, Lucha Underground's been on the air for three years. Can we streamline this now? We'd like to see this price tag for it. We're running other shows and they're getting around these ratings, these nice one twos and one threes or whatever are the good end of the spectrum. You know, and for something that's getting those ratings, we can sell ads for this amount of money. So we'd like to see this budget for the show. They went back and forth forever. I mean, there were months and months where I would contact Eric Van Wagen. I'd be like, dude, Eric, what's up with season four of Lucha Underground? And basically the answer and the straight answer and the honest answer that he would give is, man, we're going through another round of budget cuts to see if we can find a way to trim the fat to give them this show. We really, really, really want to do the show. And that's why I was so positive back then. Like, guys, it's going to happen. 
There's people working on it every day. There's people sitting there with pens and pads and cutting numbers. And I can't even begin to tell you some of the ridiculous ideas that both sides had on how they were going to make it work. And what they finally got down to was a lower number per episode, a shorter season that was more concise without these big gaps. Because when they have the bigger gaps, that means more plane tickets back and forth for people. That means renting out spaces for longer and equipment for longer. Don't forget, every bit of that equipment is not owned. It is rented. They have to pay money for every bit of it. You know, keeping crew on hold and keeping talent on hold and doing extra episodes of having a bigger roster. So basically it came down to if MGM didn't want to do e the even more ridiculous things that the network was recommending to cut the budget, you know, then they uh. had to they had to come up with good ideas themselves. And they did. Those ideas made it really hard and stressful on them. And then on top of it, because of the new Trump administration coming in and some different changes in laws and perception of previous laws when it comes to work visas for people coming from a certain country below us, it made it a lot harder to get talent in. So then all of a sudden you've got this season four that, that everyone knows isn't quite what it was meant to be. They also had to rush the production and do it in a space where they didn't even want to do it because they couldn't get back to the old temple, which they may yeah. do with it first. And I liked a lot of things about the new temple, but if you talk to Joseph or, or Van Wagnon at this point in time, they will tell you flat out, they never want to go back to the ice temple. They want to go back to the original temple. Even if they have to wait in line for four months for five other shows or productions to go through there. Can I be can I be the asshole that doesn't put all the blame on the season sucking on that? That's no, it's on a lot of things. What else is uh, it on? Like, uh creative, uh taking away the most interesting character in the show and not because you lost the actor and having him play a different character that no one gave a shit about. Um but with, a longer, uh, but with a longer season, I bet you anything to Joseph yeah. and Roach would tell you the plan was to bring Dario back sooner. Which would have been good. I would have never had him leave in the first place, but because uh, he already left fucking once. It was a shot season in the dark. Two. I get, I get why they did it though, and and yeah, those are the kind of things that don't always work out. It was like the the two randos that they put on Lost that one time that everyone just made fun of. But at least and we've said it a million times. We've said it a million times, but you can't get the Mexican guys for shows. So the show you can get them. Let's job them two on one to Jack Swagger. That's always great. I agree. Uh, I agree that yeah. that was a mistake. I, I mean, you could I, at I least just put them in a showcase match that was fun. May have them lose to fucking Sammy G in a five star match or some shit. But you I'm also separately. But, but again, but again holes in writing come from not having the sufficient amount of time to write those things, not having yeah. a sufficient amount no, of episodes. True. Not having a sufficient amount of episodes to make those corrections. Because believe you me, there were plenty of groans in the audience that on a at a regular wrestling promotion, you could have corrected the next week. But by that point in the season, they were locked in. Well, I mean, you heard Chris Roach on this there. show. It was like a revelation to Chris Roach on this show what people thought about a lot of that stuff. Well, he didn't even know that people were having that feeling yet because there was no time while it was being filmed. They're doing, yeah. you know, nine hours a weekend of that stuff and just praying to God they get through it in four weeks. He didn't even know yeah, they about, had to shoot uh, it out of order. And he didn't even know right. about Swagger's uh, We the People gimmick in WWE. He had to be uh, well, yeah. And and and, and yeah, I'm sure so that 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 wasn't awesome. uh, Joseph couldn't say that, but you know, Roach was coming off of Celebrity Big Brother at that time. Yeah missed the first week of actual filming because of that and then came in guns blazing you know 
burning his pencil at both ends to get more stuff written for Chris because they had had things happen the very first weekend when Chris Roach wasn't even there, like uh, AR Fox not being available all of a sudden, who was heavily written into their entire arc for the season. Um, you know, as he should have been, because he's fucking dope. And absolutely, and it wasn't ever a question yeah. that he wouldn't be Man. a huge part of season four until his body said, "I'm not going to be a huge part of season four. Um, right, that fucking sucks, man. But anyway, so my my point is between the network and uh, you know um, MGM or the producers, I'll say, which is MGM and and Lucha Libre FMV, and then there's the network on one side. So you got the producers, you got the network. They finally came to a number. Here's the problem. They locked that number in with options for the future. And Van Wagner even said on this show, hey, guys, I think that future seasons after this season four, and this was before season four, he came on the show and said that that future seasons after this season four will be easy as just a green light and a signing because everything is already on paper and locked in uh, for, for the options of how it would go. The problem is they get to the end of that season four and none of the producer side wants to make the show that way ever again, which means that that piece of paper that now El Rey is like, hey, if you're going to make the show, make it for this. The guys over here that are the producers are saying, we're never going to make it for that again because that sucks. That is not a way to make this show. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be what you want. It's not going to be what we want. And it's just going to diminish something great that we all did. Can we not do that? So now they have to come back together again and negotiate at a time when there wasn't a planned negotiation. They weren't planning to renegotiate after season four. The -hmm. trick after season four was just to say, yes, do another 20 episodes exactly the same way they did in season four. Nobody wants to do that. Maybe DJ, maybe DJ would do it. The talent doesn't want to do that short a season where they don't get their characters pushed enough. Half of them are gone anyway, you know, I don't think Van Wagnon or Skip, who actually works for El Rey, but is really a part of the production in a lot of ways, they don't want to skimp on those vignettes anymore. They don't want to skimp on the production value and what made the show so cool in the first three seasons. They don't want to hotshot the filming time so that they can't get work visas in place to bring up the five guys from Mexico that they really wanted to debut last year. They don't want to do those things again. And damn it, I don't think any of the fans want to see a version where they don't do those things again either. And if they do do those things, not for 20 episodes. My solution for that is do a mini series or just do an Ultima Lucha special special to wrap it up. Bring everybody back for one weekend and one week of vignettes. Film the shit out of it. Tie up your storylines with just the big characters. You can get everybody to do a one-off. Fuck all the contracts and the nonsense. You can pay everybody to do a one-off. It'll cost a little bit more than what uh, than what El Rey wants it to, but it'll also give people a satisfying ending, and the ratings will be big because it'll just be a special, and everyone will flock to it. Um, what about that's a musical? Of the, but eh, could happen. But at this point. Here's here's where things stand for anyone who's wondering if Lucha Underground is going to be back. It is not dead. And that may be a bad thing. Um, Dust Till Dawn did not die. A company the size of El Rey cannot afford to cancel a show that it already has money invested in. And it would be on them to cancel it. The only way that Lucha Underground is going to end and go away forever is if the contracts expire 
They just renewed them last year. I have no idea when those contracts are going to expire, but it may be exactly like Dust Till Dawn, where until everyone's contracts expire, it just lives on in limbo of we might possibly make it. And El Rey has to do it that way. They cannot afford to cancel a show that got them any kind of ratings over one at any point in time. Okay. They also, however, cannot afford to pay $600,000 an episode or something like that. They need to make shows for the ratings that they get for their shows. They need to be at the lower end of the reality show budget, which I am all too familiar with, which is typically $150,000 to maybe $300,000 an episode on the high end. Okay. I don't believe that Lucha Underground wants to be made for anything less than some of those higher end numbers. And that is the problem. The ratings don't necessarily justify the production value that the show should have. And how do you make a cheaper version of the show? Because the problem is you make the cheaper version of the show, it's not even going to get those 1.2, 1.3 ratings. It's going to get 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.2. <laughs> it's going to be dismal. As we can see last year. Yeah. I mean, you started to see some of that last year. So, you know, money equals progress. But at the same time, El Rey doesn't have enough to put around it to really justify it, to make it worth it. They don't have a companion show to push it forward or that you know vice versa it yeah, just thanks for nothing cutting crew jesus christ <laughs> it's just a system that right now is a little bit broken so um you know van wagon's idea of maybe a third party investor um is one of the solutions but i don't know that anybody's really clamoring for that because it's not like this is a program that needs another person with a say sitting at the table i mean do you find ways like to recapture the charm of the first season and no, find ways no, to no the thing that you have to do the thing that every fan of lucha underground has to do right now is accept the fact that you're all talking to the wrong person you're all talking to the wrong people there are a few people that can make this happen and the key to making lucha underground at all or correctly is the people at factory made you want to talk to you know, you want to talk to Christina, you want to talk to John Fogelman, you want to talk to Doug Gardner, the CFO, the people that actually run that company. You want to talk to the people at El Rey Network, which is the Robert Rodriguez, which is the Skip Chase. Mr. Rodriguez to you. Yeah, Mr. those guys. Rodriguez. And you need to talk to the guys at Univision who I don't even know who the heck they are. And I know who everybody is involved, but I don't know who they are. And they're at the table and they are the guys who dole out the budgets to these other companies. And that approve Dude, the how, money. How dope would it be? Get. If it, this whole time it was Don Francisco from uh, Sabado Gigante, or is he dead? Oh, shit, he's dead. Never mind. I didn't say that. And, and, and you do want to include MGM in that conversation to a certain extent because MGM has to come with a reasonable budget to make the show. Is the budget going to go back up to where it was in season three? Nope. Never going to happen. So... You also do need to petition the Eric Van Wagnens and the guys over at MGM and the Mark Burnett that have the power to make the show and say, hey, hope you guys are ready to settle for a little bit less than season three, but hopefully you get more than season four. And hopefully I've you get an idea. the timelines that you want. The thing that mm -hmm. MGM is pushing for that absolutely is not unreasonable is the appropriate amount of time between a green light and production. Give them six Absolutely. months pre-production. I don't care if we have to wait way too long for another season. I don't care if it means that they lose talent. It doesn't matter. They need a green light that says we're good to go, and they need six months. Get talent in town. Get the shit written the right way. Make it happen. 
get all the production lined up so that they can streamline it, so that they can go fast, so that they can knock it out on a budget and back at the original temple. I've got an idea. To yeah, save what's it. your idea? Let's save money. Let's just save money. Instead of bringing your own weapons to the temple for the match, we bring our own cameras for them to use. Nah, dude, me. Save them on rent. What are we? Impact? Bring your own chairs. Impact. I was we'll going to say, I'm pretty catering. sure Impact has done that when they were in Canada. <laughs> no, what we do, what we do, guys, is we do bring your own wrestlers and then we could wrestle for them. <laughs> that would actually be very beneficial for them. I mean, Dude, you, get, you get Casey the terrible. You're gonna get a one point something. I'll tell you that much. I, I, mean, I also think like a lot of people on Lucha Underground have become stars and expensive. And what I really loved from the first season was there were a bunch of new. There was a bunch of new talent, new luchadors, and new um, even like local Southern California or local talent that I didn't know that were awesome. And I yeah. think that was one of the things they lost with Conan, where you had that resource she had so many but at the same time but at the same time uh you know krista joseph's list of guys that he wanted for season four was not incorrect i think that krista joseph was plenty good at doing that and i think that a lot of that scouting wasn't just conan in the first place conan was getting a lot of those guys from mexico but a lot of the great american ones uh, you know ev dub and marty elias and krista joseph went out and scouted themselves and roach even went scout a few Let's not Stand forget Matt Stryker on that because he's yeah, Stryker too. Got a sunny mm-hmm. kiss um, from the New York side of things. So, and Sunny Kiss yeah. was one of the 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 great breakout stars. And congrats yeah. to him on AEW and every everything he's doing. Oh yeah. Um, and given I've heard people ask why doesn't he have the the same issues that Eva Lisa is having contract wise, but the contracts that were given out in season four were not like the older contracts. Yeah. They were totally different. It must have been written on a receipt, back of a receipt. Yeah, and I mean, at that point in time, don't don't forget that Lucha Underground was really scrambling to just get bodies in there. So I think they were a lot more lenient. Not that Sonny was playing hardball on his contract or anything like that. I'm sure Sonny was like, sure, yeah, whatever. You're going to put me on national TV. I'm there, whatever. Um, I mean, it's going to be the like, longest thing out of season four, isn't it? I feel like it really says something, Meef. I know you're with me on this, that the second that my handsome unmasked face stops appearing in the audience the ratings just drop um i interesting interesting so i'm saying el rey come on some of that budget right here is that why they just continually try to use that clip of you cheering for pentagon's win yeah <laughs> i saw, edited I saw in the packages they they cut your uh shot cheering right after they showed sexy star pinning mil Moritas. that's great that's actually, great they used it again after they showed Sexy Star tapping Pentagon Jr. out. He never tapped out to her, Byron. Uh, they had I Quit match. She won. No. Season one? No, she lost because uh, uh, our good friend Superfly that she subsequently got fired by badmouthing him backstage uh, helped Pentagon. Byron was not even a fan of the show. Byron was not even a fan of the show. Look, it's all I was out at most of those tapings, to be honest. Uh, we, uh, shit, were we? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I know <laughs> I was. Come. I know I was come. at that one. I know J Ray was at that one, and no, we brother were Jay. so hard for Pentagon, and he wasn't. We everyone is still um, all about sexy star. And oh yeah, yeah. Penny, break her fucking arm. Yeah, Don't you were there. Curse, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I remember now, Byron. You were there. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> 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 
Look, a lot of Lucha Underground was really fun, and I hope it comes back. I look at it differently now anyway, and I wouldn't be expecting what we got from season one or two ever again um, anyway. And that doesn't mean it couldn't be fun. Um, so we'll see. Oh, shit. Breaking news, guys. Don Francisco is not dead. Not dead. <laughs> Can I just say, we did miss one thing at the beginning of the show. What's that? Vincent. Airworth. Ah. Oh. Vincent. Oh, Justin, how dare you? Yeah, how dare you? Say, I didn't I'm want still, Justin to cry on the air. I'm still in mourning a little bit, man. Look, Jan Michael Vincent was not a great human being, first of all. Let's just, let's just say that. He no, was not a great human I, I, being. No. On a scale of one to Michael Jackson, where was he? Um, very far away. Oh no! Wait, Michael Jackson would be a ten on that. He'd probably be about uh, I don't know, like he's like a six. I mean, four and a half. He wasn't wasn't like tongue punching kids in the fart box, but he was like you know. Michael Jackson's his own category. Well, why don't we put uh, one to Chris Benoit? One to Chris Benoit. Okay, so that's a whole different category. Seven. (laughs) So we need a category for a shit murder. Did you guys? Um, Okay, let me let me okay. Let me let me say it this way. Let me say it this way then. Meef, rest in peace, Stringfellow Hawk. Can we can we just leave it at that? How about that? We mourn the loss of the great Stringfellow Hawk. I felt like I did that during that season on the USA Network where they pretended he was in a coma because he didn't want to do it anymore, and they just used stock footage of all the fucking helicopter scenes from old episodes. What the fuck, USA Network? Stick to silk stockings, bitch. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I had a thing so, for my so bike, like a soundboard that was attached to it, and I could, you could press the Airwolf theme tune and like missile sounds and shit. All right, Did so we look, we've exhausted we've exhausted the Lucha Underground thing for now. There's more information out there. There's there's some more tidbits that I have for you guys, but that we'll save that for some other episode. Mass Mats and Mayhem is not dead yet, guys. We're just not doing it all the time because. This was a, originally a Lucha Underground kind of podcast, but in the future, we're probably going to revamp the format a little bit. And, we're talk about other shit. and Raul Dang. is perfect time to talk about some of that other shit. I want to talk about. Dang. I want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, I want to talk about why today is the perfect day to announce that James Gunn has his job back. I'm not going to say that James Gunn is the most awesome person in the world. Don't know. Don't care. His cast backed him up. They wanted him back. A lot of people wanted him back on his job. And the fact that he was shit-canned for some stuff that happened in tweets 10 years ago, and I've made similar jokes myself, except mine were probably funny. And um, he already apologized and, and discussed them already. And, and, and here's the thing. That's part of why he got his job back. He, he played nice. He played the role. He didn't bury Disney or Marvel or anybody else. And now he gets to do both Suicide Squad 2 and a major Marvel property. So he gets to basically be in control of the, the whole comic book universe. Um, I think, it, and this has nothing to do with him. I think that it's just perfect timing because of all the stuff with R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, the college scam, the rich Hollywood elite fucks that have taken advantage of everything. I think that we're now starting to at least put in perspective what James Gunn is in that pantheon of awfulness. Like, can we keep it realistic about who really awful people are and who aren't like James Gunn? 
Sure, he's probably got some bad issues. He's not necessarily the the coolest guy in the world, but he makes a great movie and he offends some people every now and then mildly. But Two he's things. not like butts. He's not like scamming people for half a million dollar to get his you, stupid. You've got college. a president who says racist things out loud. Yes, yeah. in public. Two things. Two things I got to say about this one: the mouth of my mask looks like Meatloaf's mustache, and it's hilarious because on my screen we're right next to each other. Second, is that you can say that today is the perfect day, but that's because tomorrow belongs to someone else, Justin. Well, you know why? That is, and tomorrow's a mystery. So today. What's tomorrow, Byron? Mystery. What? <coughs> Mystery. 316? Well, after 316 says I just whooped your ass. I just saw a oh, gift from the Raj Bandito match, by the way. I just my mind. Oh, I don't know where I am anymore. I must spit so How is much it? when I do my Stone Cold impression because my mask you just, just swallowed cold. all of it. Oh, God, no. It's like in I my face. Oh, but it's the 16th or the 3rd. I think that we should send uh, Olivia Page to England to go to college in, in Falmouth, somewhere near MIFA or somebody. I think I've got a university. So. Uni, yeah, I'm sorry, uni. College is like a high school in-between thing over there, yeah. right? 16 to 18. 16 to 18 is the college. Oh, no, now it's changed because you now stay in school till you're 18. We've, we've switched to your system. Mif, why? why do you know so much about age limits when, when you have that mustache? <laughs> What, what is, wait, what is the legal age of consent in England? Is it 16 because that's when you go to college? Yeah. It's 16, right? Yeah, it was a, yeah 16. Byron's, Byron's packing his bags right now. <laughs> They're already packed. What are you, you talking guys, about? I don't have a pedal stash, so I don't know why you're talking to me about anything. Well, he lives where it's not illegal, so he's allowed to have that stash, Byron. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have a pedal stash. You got a fucking dad from Family Ties beard. It's too thick. It's fucking winter. I'm in New York. I think, look, look, about the James Gunn thing, the moral of the story is thank God he's back. Hopefully he can write that script really fast so that we can get Batista back off of Raw. Yeah. I got no, I, 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 I I like the idea of Batista killing Byron, you're interrupting people's shtick doesn't work without your real microphone. Why? Because <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to hear you. Oh. Yeah, you you sound worse than me. Good no, job. I mean it's just hard to hear you when you're interrupting. Hey, everybody. Byron. Yeah, Meef sounds is. better than you for a change. Meef is winning tonight. Meef, give me your microphone. You should do that voice more. It's like very like. No, sexy. don't hold the microphone and talk into it, Byron. That's not going to help. Anyway, here's the thing. Put Meef, it inside your mouth. Go up to the microphone and go. And everyone else, get really close to your speakers. I saw this in a movie once. That's gross. Yeah. Super gross. All right, listen. I want to talk a little bit about WWE. Um, oh, I want to talk okay. about the Ronda thing. Oh, I want to talk about the Ronda thing. Can I talk about Definitely how stupid people are? Can I call people fucking dumb? Case Fabe here is getting pissed just people thinking shit is real. How the fuck does that work, Justin? Fuck. I don't know, man. The whole thing is so strange because I don't think in the overall grand scheme of a storyline for Ronda turning heel that it's a bad idea. I don't think that what they're doing is wrong. 
but it is not working. <laughs> Why is you it not what? working? Because she's fucking dreadful. Because they keep <laughs> switching. Basically, so Becky won the Royal Rumble, and you basically had to swerve her twice to get her back in the match that she already won the chance to be. Right, but even in the promos, they they keep like letting it slip the whole time that it's just going to be this three-way at Rumble. They've been doing that since before she, or at Mania. That's, they've been doing that before Becky even won the Rumble. They like telegraphed the whole thing. Gyms, that's after swerving by having her lose her match at the Rumble and that's not good. originally be in yeah. the Rumble. So that's like four swerves. Yeah. You know what they're doing, and I've been reading a lot of Dave Meltzer tweets about this, and I think he's pretty on point about this. It's that um, it's not so much Rhonda. Rhonda has her, you know, her faults, um, and she has what you, you know, positives. But WWE, this is their storytelling. They're doing the best they can, and they think they're doing a great job with Rhonda. They think they're doing some sort of. I mean, they are doing a new form of kayfabe where everyone is complaining that Rhonda is going for, into business for herself. She's doing everything she's told to do. Wait, Byron, so you, you said, but WWE is doing the best they can, and they're what else? They're happy with Failing. it. They think it's no, working. That's the thing. They're not doing the – they're doing the best they can, but they're not doing their actual best. They're the not best. doing the right – but like, yeah. this is like, you know, they see – they look at it as something important, and they're trying hard, but it's not – whoever's calling the shots on this, it's missing the mark, at least. What, for what us. you're saying is, it's but someone I'm, trying to make a marble statue with I'm fucking crayons. The problems with Rhonda. Rhonda went and did that promo because it was written for her, and she was told to, and she's just doing her job as fast as she can. Well, the problem for me is, is that, you know, fine, you want to go heal, you want to talk shit on the business. That's great because it works for her character. My problem is, is that if you're going to do it, do it logically. You're basically saying everything is yeah. fake, yet you're going on the show talking about Close. how you're going to win this title or you're going to keep this title and blah, blah, blah. Like, if it's already fake, then why are you saying you're going to win it if it's already predetermined? Like, I, I to do that. That's I hate that. Thank you, Jim. I agree with Jim. Fuck that. I hate that. Well, it doesn't make any sense if everything, I, literally everything you're saying to get heat mm. is contradictory to what you're actually doing. Right. It was the wrong it was Plus the wrong also, approach to breaking the kayfabe. What should have happened is Ronda WCW booking is what the fuck it is. Ronda should have killed somebody. No, what Ronda what, should, what should have happened someone. is Ronda should have gone out there and said that without the rules and the style of the WWE, neither of you two bitches can beat me. No, Justin. And then she should have and then she should have gone back at them and said to both Becky and Charlotte what do you idiots think that you need to actually beat me in this world? What do you guys need? Do you need your fucking rules? Do you need this, that, or the other thing? Rhonda should have taken the other approach to it of, I'm standing here now. I've taken over your world with my rules. How is it that you two think you can beat me? Justin, and we have and she hasn't done that. Voice, you have to do their voice, Justin. You need a Rhonda voice. I'm well, sorry. You, Good lord, nobody has a it's Rhonda like voice. Totally it's like totally fake. See, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to talk real bad. I'm going to talk real fast. And this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going <laughs> to mess it up really quick. Okay. That's actually pretty that's good. Question. Look at my pouty face. It's not first of all, yes. Yeah, then, oh, then, then, oh, then, oh, then I gotta oh, take oh, my mic oh, and I gotta oh, slam oh, it on the ground for no reason. Get away from Justin. Get the oh, oh. 
Oh, you got to do the Ronda. Get it all out. Oh, God. Oh, he's so you got to talk like this, and then you got to chuck this on the ground. Boom! Oh, the price is pull a teddy bear out with his head off. I'm going to WrestleMania because I'm the man. It is, no, it is, deeper, it is deeper. I'm making voices in the room. It is interesting how like there's been money spent on developing <laughs> technology for pants that don't ride up on Ronda Rousey, the biggest, you know. One of the biggest stars fighting uh, in the fighting genre. Byron, 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 can you just it, not it, give credit where credit is due? Maybe Travis Brown is no, a hero. It, nothing. She can't even do a crotch chop without having to pull him out. Yeah, dude. That's it's, it's the top of it. You spend all the time playing with the top. With MMA's Virgil Travis Brown. I trust oh, I trust Byron and his theories in this department because I know that whether they're male or female, Byron looks at every crotch and examines it thoroughly. So whatever Byron says, I'm going to take as the gospel truth here. I think Ronda should just start wearing tights. Ronda should just start wearing tights instead of wearing trunks. So that shit doesn't have it happen anymore. Probably Look what happened when she wore a Sonya Blade outfit. You didn't see that. You know what? Sometimes yeah, nature looks fucking dreadful. Let's be honest. There's a little documentary called Jurassic Park that says nature finds a way. <laughs> terrible, Casey. Also, you look like a you really are Casey the Terrible. I also really would like some lower thirds that for when Byron comes on the screen that says crotch correspondent, Byron Turk. First of all, we all watch professional wrestling and we all crotch watch chases with Byron Turk. We all look at men's tanks. A lot more, a significant amount more than any other normal person in the Says world. Says who? Is, I'm like spending my weekends trapped in a crotch. Yeah, you're. I don't, know, I don't know why you're so much crotch chasers. That's just hilarious. Byron. Byron, there are things that you know about Finn Balor and Brian Cage's penis that I will never ever know, and I've seen them wrestle as many times as you have, but you I will never know these oh, things. Yeah. That, that's why, like. <laughs> I feel like I've seen Balor's dick more than I've seen my own dick, Justin. Right? It's, See? it's there. Yeah, I, I just don't think about those things when I'm watching those guys it's, perform. You don't have. I'm not. I'm not tuning in to think about it. I'm not tuning in to see if you know Bobby Lashley's well, wearing a fucking belt again. But yeah, sometimes you name people. It was just like that movie Soul Vengeance, aka Welcome Home, Brother Charles. That's what Lashley's packing. Look up the trailer. <laughs> YouTube. Welcome home, brother Charles. It will fuck your shit up, but be careful. It's not safe for work. He strangles a man with his giant rope-like penis. Anyway, WrestleMania, I think, is going to be a good show. There's uh, is it? good matches. Is it? Okay, look, I, I, think, Fast, I, I, I think Fastlane was really good. I've liked a, uh, a lot of what they're doing. The, um, the, the show two weeks before Fastlane, uh, Raw, was phenomenal. I think they've really improved. I think that they take themselves seriously when the, all the McMahons came out and they said, look, we're going to start listening to you guys more. We're going to do some things differently. We knew they weren't going to change everything. They're still going to have big man programs. They're still going to push certain people to the moon that shouldn't necessarily get pushed. But I do think that they have addressed certain other things. I think those middle matches at Fastlane, the, the, um, the tag matches were great. I, I, a lot of that stuff was really, really good. The the four-way for the U.S. title was fucking fire. That match was great. And, oh, my God, I want to see Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe lock it up 
a million more times. You know, this has been said on the Edge and Christian show, but it's like Ray, like even from his transition from Lucha Underground back to WWE, it's like he's Benjamin Button. He's like reverse aging. Again, yeah. He's doing yeah. stuff that he either hasn't done since he was a cruiserweight in WCW or he's never even done it before. But he's also I, he's yeah. also not trying to be the old Ray anymore. I think for a long time he was hanging on to that original, you know, version of Ray, this young fireplug. And I think now he is better at making the other guys look good. He's better at taking bumps too, and and letting other guys get the heat on him um, in a match and letting the pace of the match play out as a better version of the WWE pace, as opposed to the crazy WCW Lucha Libre, Ray Dean Malenko psychosis level pace that he tried to bring the WWE originally. I think that that was a great idea, but everyone that we've seen try to do that, I think has failed. And honestly, even the parts of that match with him and uh, Andrade, where they started to try to do that a little bit, I think that those were the worst parts of that match. Like, look, it's the WWE. It can't be Lucha Libre. They've tried a million times. It's never going to work. What you have to do is incorporate the Lucha Libre style in a fashion that makes the big guy style of WWE work better and a more exciting version of that. What were you going to say, Meef? I was going to say, didn't they do the Halloween Havoc DVD DDT moment with they Andrade? They do the Halloween, my favorite match of all time. They recalled a spot from that, which is fucking amazing. I do got to say that Rey Mysterio's recent work is a testament to the stem cell treatments for knees because uh, he's been very public that he got that done. And that's done wonders for him. He got it done right before he went to Lucha Underground. Yeah, and, and he's not wearing like crazy knee braces on both yeah. knees anymore. Right. Right. Which is why he and, went, uh, back, to, he went like, back to wearing tights and not wearing those pants to hide all those knee braces. It's like, how the fuck do we get Keiji Muto in there? You know, let's 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 get Muda and get little stem cells put in his knees because uh, stem cell entirely. Get Terry in there, fucking Terry Funk, dude. Dragon. Terry Bollea. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you guys this: I hear that it's still up in the air. What do you think is going to be the actual show-ending main event of WrestleMania? Do you think that after the dismal response in Pittsburgh? <laughs> That it'll still be the women's match. Do you think that it's Brock? I, 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 retirement match. I don't think no. I don't think it's going to be uh, anything with Daniel Bryant right now. They're treating him like uh, a second tier star at this point, anyway. Even though his gimmick's good, I don't think it's the main event. But what do you guys think is going to be the main event at WrestleMania this well, year? First first of of all, that uh, the Daniel Bryan. Kofi Kingston match, which we know it's all going to be anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That one, it won't be the main event, but it'll probably be. Mm -hmm. I see the potential of it being the match of the night, especially mm -hmm. with how hot Kofi is right now. Honestly, if the main event isn't Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky, it's a huge missed opportunity because I don't know yeah. when there's going to be a bigger time for you to do a women's main event when you right. have someone like Ronda Rousey, and especially yeah. the fact that Charlotte, for years, years has been saying. She wants to be a part of the first women's main event, and this is this is the perfect time to do it. Well, so. I, I mean, I think they all would want to say that, but I think that's specifically what they hired Ronda Rousey for. She mm -hmm. is a star bigger than the sport, bigger than the sport she was in, you know? So that you hire her for, like Justin was saying a long time ago, you hire her to get the bigger TV deal. You hire her 
to do the first woman's main event at WrestleMania. I agree with you. You have to do that, and you have to do that with Ric Flair's daughter, too. That's another I level think, of Honestly, power. I think that the reason they're going to do it is because of Ric Flair. More than because of Charlotte, more than because of Becky having the heat, more than because of the astronomical amount they paid Ronda to come in and do her thing. I think that really they want to finish the Ric Flair story on Vince's terms. And on Vince's terms was that Rick has officially passed the mantle on to Charlotte of being the, the man and not Becky and that Charlotte can headline a WrestleMania. Not necessarily win the title. I don't necessarily think they put the title on her, but I think that that's the story that Vince McMahon wants to tell is that the prodigy, the progeny rather of Ric Flair can be the main event at WrestleMania, regardless of gender. Well, I don't think anyone's dumb enough to not have Becky win, so I think we're yeah. okay. I mean, you look at all the pieces on here, it's, it's, there was, it, you can't really uh, have another perfect recipe for a main event. You look at Rhonda, as Byron, as you said, this is the reason why you bring her in. You bring her in for the views, you bring her in for the main events. You look at Charlotte, and while, yes, many of the women have been saying they want to see a women's main event at WrestleMania, Charlotte has been the champion of that. I mean, she's not only been saying it should be women, she's specifically saying she should be in it. Well, somebody has to be in there to call the match and not be sloppy, right. which is going to be Charlotte and the ref, because it sure as hell ain't going to be Becky or Ronda. Exactly. Oh, and then you look geez, at... And without... And, you know, it speaks for itself, but with the meteoric rise of Becky in the last few months, with, you know, just like the whole entire Kofi thing, this was totally unplanned. This is just because the audience bought into it. Now, and how mad are how mad are people going to be when Ronda keeps the belt? Oh, no, she's not. she won't. She, I, mean, honestly, she, I think she'll drop it two weeks later at Raw. But the yeah. simple fact of the matter is the biggest press they could get, the most people talking, the most hype they can get is to actually piss everybody off by not putting it on Becky. If I, they put I, it on yeah. Becky, it fizzles and they don't get as much hype out of it. If mm. they put it on Rhonda, people will talk about it for at least another month because people will be fucking furious. And not only that, I gotta say though, like they're not Santina even Marella's gonna it. <laughs> None of these three are my favorite thing in the women's division right now. Do you know who my favorite things are in the women's division right now? Yeah, no, the fucking Iconics, right, Jim? Fucking Iconics. Cool, right? The Iconics are fucking hilarious. You don't get to see it on TV. You got to watch, like, Man. web-exclusive videos. Man. that don't Oh, just yeah. like that. Just it's as an example, Jesus. they did they did that backstage interview with the Iconics, which is a dot com exclusive, where they're like, "Where's Where's Sasha? Where's Bailey?" And then they grab Charlie Caruso, and they're like, "Where's Sasha and Bailey?" And then they just shoot her out, and then they see Byron, and you just you see Peyton what? go off screen to grab Byron, what? and then you just see the way she throws her head back. She's like Byron, and she runs off screen and grabs. Byron and then she's like where's Bailey where's Sasha like they're they're like beyond their years in their timing oh. and everything else like well, and, and that's one of the reasons why they got called up they got called up because everybody the Royal Rumble one I sent you I sent you guys the Royal Rumble one I watched it that one's amazing time ago. Yeah, it was great so they grab they grabbed Charlie and she's like oh did you get eliminated and she's like what that did you go that and that I'm like Charlie. Oh, that was Finn Balor's uh that was uh the the other one. Kathy Kelly. Kathy Kelly. Which one was the one that was in the class with you, Byron? Charlie. Oh, okay, shit. Uh, anyway, well, my, my, they, grab, 
they grab the announcer lady. How about that? Okay. Done. And uh, she's like, did you guys get eliminated? And they ask her, did you go to journalism for that? Which is one of the greatest <laughs> fucking lines. Uh, uh, also, I was, like, was going to say. Did you see the elimination chamber cams, Jim? Uh, I did. And the fact that they did a video just primarily for the Iconics. Yeah. Like they, they did put other people in there, but you're watching it for the Iconics. And it's hilarious because – you know, normally you're just playing you, it, when you're like on the apron during a regular tag match, you play to the crowd and the crowd can hear you. The mic picks it up. But in the elimination chamber, you're in those pods and you can't hear anything. So they're primarily playing to that one camera, which was only for dot com. And this is amazing. There's, and it's amazing because, yes, because they're playing to that camera and they're still like going along with their characters in that story of them in the chamber. And it's amazing. I mean, honestly, I think the women's division is great. And I think that the things that people think made the women's division great aren't the great things about it. I don't think it's Becky. I don't think it's Sasha. And I don't think it's uh, the hugger girl. Bailey. What's her name? Bailey. Oh, I, I, I like, I, I like <laughs> hugger Sasha. girl. I what's her really name? Compare. Jesus. I like what they're doing where they won the title and now they're showing up, you know, everywhere. No, I think they were a great choice for that. And, and, and I think it'll help get some other better talented people to rub. Hey, I got an important question real quick, guys. Uh, um, should I go crackle. special dark crackle, crackle milk chocolate or Reese's cup? Oh, crackle. Okay, first of all, it's Reese's. Reese's. It does, not, it does not rhyme with feces. You know, my friend Kevin does the same shit. It's Reese's, not Reese's Pieces. Reese's. No. Reese's. Pieces. Recess. Recess. Like when you go outside oh, at school. I'm gonna give you some feces pieces. Some feces pieces. Is that me? Uh, Rhys. <sighs> anyway, uh, just By so I get, I don't know if event. anyone's brought this. I don't know if anyone's brought this up yet, but just because Texan said I'm doing this. Yeah. The, I love the fact that the women, if regardless of the women main event or not, the that main event type match is for the Raw Women's title with two women from SmackDown, and it's mm -hmm. that's one of the details that has been highly glossed over because they're just that's how big this feud is. But and, I think that also goes back to what the McMahon said of you know the the brand separation is not going to stay the same, and with SmackDown going to Fox soon. Um, they've already said that the brand separation, that they're going to be stars of each brand, but at the same time, the bigger stars are going to be expected to go where their feud is. And you that's going to, I think that this is slowly working us into that too, where they're not yeah. going to have the, the same type of brand separation that they've had right. for the last couple of years. Oh, you get Eminem on top for two weeks uh, on both shows. You get Eminem stopping in there and like punking bitches out and shit. It's going to happen. I thought Fox was going to want their own specific stars. It, I mean, they're going to be on different networks. I think, I think WWE's counter to, no, what Fox wants is the biggest stars. Yeah. Period. Oh, dude. And what, what WWE's counter to that was, fine, you can have them, <clears throat> but that's, that's how they're going to address it because they're not going to leave them off of Raw um, until they're really sure. You guys remember Kevin Federline when he was there and how dope his feud with John Cena was? Like, imagine Eminem having a feud with John Cena like that. Oh, well, they've, which you've all, they've already debunked. It's not happening. I know, I know. He's just Kevin Owens. But I would say the same thing if I was you know really the planning it. I'd say I'm not planning it, but then I would really do it, and then everyone would be surprised. Because all right, so him. what do you do with Brock Lesnar? Why? Why is uh, why has Seth Rollins been anointed? in this position 
I have an idea okay. for Brock Lesnar. He's one of the biggest stars on the show. Why don't you get the head writers of Mad TV in the feud with him? Hey, you know <laughs> what? It's better than having him feud with a guy that everyone knows has a baby dick. <laughs> I had to. Whoa. I had to. Uh, but anyway. It's done. That's it. He's nailed it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's like... Um, Which is something that Seth Rollins can't do because he's got a tiny dick. He can't nail fuck all. I'm so confused by it, too. It's like, I don't I don't dispute that Seth Rollins is a little bit of a star, but, it, but if all the things you could do with Brock Lesnar right now, you know, why is this what they're doing going into Mania? Well, it because doesn't make any one, sense. Number one, Roman Reigns at the time was out because of his leukemia. Number two... They completely botched Braun Strowman, so it's not like you can just throw him yeah. back in the main event with Brock after you completely, you know, oh. crapped the bed with him at Crown Jewel. I like Braun. Why not do it with Finn though? Why not do it with Finn? I would put <sighs> Finn in there. I would literally have, have Brock drop to Finn. I mean, it's the exact same match that you're going to get from Seth Rollins. Oh, it isn't, I mean, dude. Finn's got a giant wang. It's not the same match. Well, Jesus, I mean, other like, than that yeah. part of it, the actual move set, other than the wang part, is going to be exactly the same. Um, Finn can't but, even be, but then the very next night on Raw, I would have Finn drop to Seth. <laughs> I would have Seth beat Finn the very next night. It so would be hilarious. It would Summer be epic. Deal? Yeah, yeah, and it, would, and it would pop a huge number. Everyone would love it and then hate it, and it would be perfect. Dude, what I would do, right, is I would have... Brock Lesnar go out to the ring and be like, oh, diverculitis, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, have Paul E there too. And then I'd have The Undertaker come and say, you never beat me, motherfucker, because you were on steroids. I have the proof here. And then he shows the paperwork from the piss test from years ago. And then Undertaker fucking tombstones him and pins him even faster than he beat John Cena. And then he celebrates with the belt, but then he kills the belt because it's ugly and he brings out like one of the good belts like the fucking winged eagle he puts that on and he's like that's right bitch and then sid comes out and he says i want a rematch from wrestlemania 13 but first he goes like this and he does it right to the camera he says casey this is for you and he fist bumps <laughs> zero <laughs> wait i'm sorry zero is my hero he says according to some woman on twitter who waxed him finn is a beer can <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zero. That was that was the moment of the night for this entire show, and it came from the chat room. Well, I guess that's why... Uh, Casey, you've been on their show, haven't you? What? You've hung out with Texan and those those guys. Weren't you on uh, Mark Out Mania? I've been on Mark, Mark Out Mania. I just did a show, apparently. Yeah. So, so was Meatloaf. Mark Wait, guys, really quick. Real quick. Is that, is, that why, uh, is that why Ballot Club's for everyone? Because there's enough to go around? Ah. Yes. yes. <sighs> Okay, here, here uh, shout out to the Markout Mania guys. We love you guys. Love the show. Thank you yeah, so I'll much. Listen for... to my Ninja episode, but not the episode that Meef was on. Thank I'm going to listen to Meef's episode as soon as we're done. I mean, That's Casey's it. episode. Sorry. Um, I mean, I mean, my, my I'm going to listen to Casey's episode, but you guys all know what I'm really going to do, right? Come on. Yeah. Um, my, my, I, gave, I gave good news about Lucha Underground, and then like the day later, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, uh, saying that you know he'll know we'll know what he's really doing when he's listening to the episode. He meant that he was jerking off. That's what he meant. That, gotcha. Uh, right. My, yeah. He's jealous about to my stash. Your dulcet, your dulcet tones do that to me, Casey. They just make. Mm. 
Um, all right, so here's here. Okay, I'm still baffled by this thing, and this is my last WWE question for right now. I promise. Yes, if, they bring if you were gonna have, if you're gonna have Brock Lesnar drop to someone and someone who you wanted to be indicative of what WWE is really all about, what Batista. character would you pick of anyone on the roster? Dude, you can decide asking. to have Brock drop to because that person embodies what the company should be. Who would it be? Sid? Sid Fucking mm. Sid Justice, Sid Udi, Sid Udi. Psycho Sid, fucking Lord Humongous wearing a mask like mine. Fuck yeah, bro. And then he comes out and he puts his fist up the camera and he says, this is for you, Casey. And then he beats Brock Lesnar and then he does it again. And then, and then like we're doing a podcast and you guys surprise me and he comes in my room and he fist bumps me and then he just leaves. He doesn't even talk. He just fist bumps me. And, and then he says he has half the brains that you do. And then he, then yeah, he, and then he plays some softball. It would be fucking sweet. Does and then we put clothes down our pants for the purposes of betting. Father and son things together. All right. Anybody no, else have have one? Who would you dr- have? I'm Brock assuming. Trump? Yeah. Who's better than Sid? I'm assuming you're speaking whole roster as opposed to just Raw. Yeah. Anybody. I mean, I feel like there needs to be retribution. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's got to be AJ. I feel like it's got to be my friend Johnny. No, he didn't say Johnny. <laughs> AJ held the company down on SmackDown for a while. Okay, so who would you pick, Byron? I, I mean, I, I think looking at how they conduct their business, which is... Byron Corbin, for, he's so you know, dreamy. Me, I mean, it's this isn't what I would find the most entertaining, but I think it, I think Roman should have been champ going into WrestleMania, and this is uh, kind of an audible because of the leukemia. And when Roman stepped down, Seth stepped up as that that top star who would carry that portion of the program. And Seth has done, you know, his job at that, and they all have the utmost confidence in him. So Seth should carry that into it, and then that will lead into Seth and Roman maybe down the road or whatever. But I think it makes sense for Seth to do it. Now, entertainment, you know, wise for me, I would like to see a fresher face. Or I just personally would like to see Brock out of the picture for a while. I think you're going to get that either way. I think they're, ti- right. I, they're I think they're tired of what they have to pay for what they get. You know and how much I personal at all. I think it's just purely money with Brock at this point. If they didn't fuck up Braun so bad, I would have said Braun in the second. Mm. But now that they did, it's Sid. Braun all right. So Braun. what do you think, Meef? Who would you pick? So Fantasmo. the person's got to. They've got to embody what the WWE represents and everything about them. Yeah. Have to I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, who who do you think would hold down the flagship so, of the company? Who so the, the person who represents the company the best is uh, No Way Jose because he's a fucking joke. <laughs> no. Jose. Um, Jose. I actually, no. I think I'm gonna partly rescind my answer. I mean, not that I don't think AJ's great, but looking back, and if they treat him right, like if they actually do what they brought him in to do, uh. Drew McIntyre. Wow. I was going to say so, Drew McIntyre too. Yeah. Um, they they have a lot of confidence in him right now. And of the right. new faces that are in the boys club in the back right now, Drew's the one that probably, to me, should have gotten that call over Seth. Mm-hmm. Not that Seth doesn't deserve a lot. Not that Seth yeah. hasn't put his time in, but I don't know that Seth can stay healthy. I don't know that, I don't know that Seth can drive business. And I think that having Drew there the other people that will come up to challenge around Drew will be more compelling than what you'll get 
for the other people coming up around Seth. Now, Drew as a Drew as a face or Drew as a heel is the question. I don't know if it would matter. Uh, I, I would prefer I would prefer it as a heel. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, uh, and I think if I think if you way. put Drew against Brock, what happens is Brock would de facto become the face because the audience would insist on it, and Drew would have had to have been the heel. I think Drew's a very reliable choice because of the fact that if you think about his very first run in WWE, which was for a very long time, I don't remember a time where he was out with an injury for an extended period of time. Correct. Correct. And, 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 that, and Seth certainly can't say that. Yeah. And no, on top I mean, of that, he's June. Can also say Drew didn't end the career of a legend or break John Cena's face. Yeah, but that's also part of my problem. That's also part of my problem with the Brock thing that I'm having an issue with is that I don't think Brock should be a heel right now. I think Brock should go out as a face because I think you get a better reaction that way. I think you get a better response from the crowd, and I think a heel should be taking it off of him because I think that Raw, going out of WrestleMania, needs a heel champion. Which also worries me that they're going to leave it on Brock for some reason. And if they do, that is just asinine. Who's got the my client, Brock Lesnar, is not a heel or a face because those terms mean nothing in the world of kayfabe. Thank you. Uh, I kind of lost it then. There, it's hurting. On top, uh, so on top of all that, I actually think that Drew's a good choice because of the fact that he's one of those people who knows how it is when you're not part of the WWE machine. So he has a better of appreciation for it now than if he had been with the company the entire time. Right. He's been a total company guy too, since he resigned and he's trying to be the locker room leader and all that. I think he's still a little fresh and new um, to, to have the reputation that Seth does in the locker room. But I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. I would much rather prefer him, I think he would be a fresher matchup. Him, I him or Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is best. He doesn't need it. He, he just needs But stuff. he's the best in the world. Oh my God. I'm, I'm you know, so kidding. They haven't done anything to put McIntyre in a program with Brock at WrestleMania. So, True. Um, well, we, we, we have what we have at this point. We'll see it play out in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I, I feel like they're in the worst WrestleMania go-home cycle ever. I feel like they kind of blew their load going into Fastlane. The setups for everything were way better than it's going to play out the next few weeks because they really just have to stagnate to get to the goddamn show at this point. Honestly, I, I, the, the go-home lead-up to the WrestleMania that was in San Francisco where Seth actually won the title, that was a horrendous lead-up. And I, that's why I thought that WrestleMania was – going to be terrible but that ended up being an incredible wrestlemania so good let's hope for let's hope for some more awful lead up then what are you saying what was that that wrestlemania that triple h and booker t were going oh wrestlemania uh wrestlemania 29 that is uh the really racist lead up i'd say that's my vote for the worst. yeah that was a really bad speaking of which you know harlem heat is going into the hall of fame right casey harlem heat is in the hall of fame Yes, I really hope they get Hulk Hogan to abduct them. Oh God! Now, now here's the thing: we're talking about a stage now that is going to have all of DX and Harlem Heat on the same stage. If that if that particular group of people gets on the stage together at any point in time, and somebody doesn't drop the N word, I will be shocked. Oh, because they've all said it. it. <laughs> Every single one game. of them has said it. I'm just saying. Uh, Road Dog immediately followed by X Pac. Yes, yes. in that order. Thing, 
And then I need to tell you something about and the then it'll end Triple with Stevie H. Ray turning to everyone like, you said what? In the... That'll have and, the yeah. whole thing ends. And, and, then, and then take it easy on the voice, all right? That's essential. That. And uh, but I just hope that Stevie Ray says suckers got to know. Uh, I hope he talks about the yaks a little bit. I hope that he says that it is on like neck bone sucker. And I hope that uh, uh, I hope I there's hope a he, sucker in his life. I hope there's way. a heel turn and he breaks out the slapjack. Yeah, yeah, he needs a slapjack for sure. Because you know what, he won the really bad war games because he had the slapjack. And uh, he never got his fucking title shot for winning that, by the way. I and want to be ready to go into business for himself and start yelling at everyone who says he's not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Milter. I just think I think it's very racial that Jeff hey. Jarrett got in before Booker T. Hey, I got to say that there, there was an extensive voting process, according to Stevie, Stevie Ray. Ray. He has no clue how this stuff. He was still has no clue how the peers. business works. 20, on 30, by his years, peers. Thirty years later, Stevie Ray somehow still doesn't know how the business no. works. Is anybody surprised? No, you would think that's bad. Uh, I remember way back in the day. I think this was probably like when I was still in college. Uh, there was this episode of Ricky Lake that had wrestlers, and they the whole show basically oh. tried to make wrestling look bad. Like they had kids who were backyard hardcore backyard wrestlers come in and. They're they're trying to explain them like the kids are trying to explain why they're uh you know good why backyard wrestling is good but you're picking the most white trash kids to do this so of course no one's gonna believe them but then mm -hmm. the best was the stinger for the uh for them coming back after commercial it said coming up wrestling legend Stevie Ray and I lost oh my, my shit God. and I lost I watched the whole episode Jim and. Thing that I also need to point out of that episode is how creepy Ricky Lake is towards Stevie Ray. Uh -huh. The whole episode, constantly telling him how good he looks. It is creepy as fuck. Something went down in the green room between them, <laughs> I think. Something happened. Mm. One yeah, of the other... Also, I, I do remember one of the other stingers that they had for the commercial break was, it just said, X amount of wrestlers have died in the last 10 years. What kind yeah. of a statistic is that? Uh, from wrestling or from drug over exactly. No, it just said anything. It just said wrestlers have died. It's like uh, that's like saying, old age. How many how, how many, many football players, players? Yeah, how many football players have died? Great. All right. Okay, so I gotta talk. Here's I gotta talk a little bit of UFC. How many fruit I have to get one more to cut out of his acceptance speech? How many fruit booties? What? I I have it. I have a response. Instead of saying fruit booty, he can say fruit brute, the delicious monster cereal, and everyone will be happy because everyone remembers fruit brute and yummy mummy. The only the only uh, forgotten monster cereal is yummy mummy. People know fruit brute. Nobody remembers yummy mummy, Casey. Oh. Yummy mummy is my favorite, and I fucking hate mummies. Like it's the I have only one that uh, the, you and I are the only people that know that that cereal ever existed, Casey. Man, I know. The shirts on clearance, you know, like there's merch on Fright Rags and it's on clearance and shit. I don't know. Whoever wears an extra large sure fucking remembers Yummy Mummy. I'll tell you that much because I can't fucking get one. But um, speaking you know, of which, uh, yes, the seventy percent off on Lucha Underground stuff uh, does not bode well for the company. 
Yeah, and also, they're never going to send it to you anyway, because I ordered that shit like two weeks ago, and I still haven't got it. But Everything uh, through the website was always that slow. Yeah, yeah. 70% off on a 40 or $35 to $40 hoodie that is $70 or $80 on the website. Hey, you know what, though? They're probably all sold out, but 70% off on that expensive-ass Lucha book that I got for like $25 oh. in shipping is a pretty fucking good deal. I heard uh, from some people, though, that when you would click on certain items, it would say that the discount didn't apply to a few of those things. Yeah, but they told you ahead of time that it didn't apply to the DVDs. Um, so those are still full price. And that's this book, Casey? Yes, yes. Um, I look forward Just to get it. Get to my favorite uh, page. Oh, that's such a big book, dude. So, uh, yeah. me. Boys. me, if you need my to say boys. something. There you go. Okay. What is up with your boy, me? If we didn't talk about it earlier, I feel like Phantasma, out of everyone coming out of the last season of Lucha Underground, Ivelisse included, I feel like Phantasma is getting the rawest deal out of every single person in the entire promotion how is that possible again because right <sighs> i can't crack my knuckle so i wonder we're already at two hours here. unfortunately <laughs> oh hey guys uh that's my boy our, our friend mel's in the chat hi mel what's up mel what up so what's um, up mel i firstly, love that max it was a great movie not that <laughs> Mel, not Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Blake. Mel Blake. I think no, you mean. Talk about I think you mean Wow Superhero Thunder Rosa. That is correct. Wow Superhero Thunder Rosa. because uh, my next guess was so, Mel Torme, so I was completely wrong. Okay, yeah, you were totally off. So what were you saying about Fantasia? Certainly not Mel Torme. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna shoot. Shoot! I'm shoot! Shoot! Fire! All right, I'm gonna shut up. Fuck. Luchadors. What? <laughs> right. So you're gonna so these motherfuckers, I understand protecting yourself and looking after yourself. But there's some people out there who are friends of other luchadors. Who when other luchadors express uh, a willingness to work in say another country or another promotion, and you go to your friend, you go to your friend, hey, you got a hookup? Could you give me a hookup? Oh, no, I don't know anything. I understand they're protecting their own booking and getting themselves booked and getting themselves money and paydays. But I know that my boy, Phantasma, does a lot for people from time to time. And in this lawsuit, for instance, and other things, He's the kind of guy, I, I I mirror it myself because I've done this at work and put my neck out about pay or the way they've been treated. And it's my head that got cut off. And I feel that's kind of what happens to him a few times because he stands his ground or does things and he did it with his pay. There was the impact thing where he was at impact and they didn't want to pay his rate. So he went. You know, he's not going to concede down. But, yeah, these guys are not helping each other out as much as they go, oh, yeah, you know, the fraternity, the brotherhood. Mm. So I've learned a lot about wrestling in the last two weeks. <laughs> okay, so, but let let me ask the hard question about Phantasma. I understand that he didn't want to slit his own throat on his rate over at, at Impact. I get that. 
But at the same time, he's got to get on TV somewhere. They've got a relationship with AAA now. He He's in a lawsuit with Dorian. He's not playing ball with Impact. Like, where exactly is he going to get on TV if these are the bur- bridges that he burns? He's got to go to Ring of Honor, or where is he going to go next? He's certainly not going to be on Ray DeRay's, is he? Oh, you know, oh, yeah. well, <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's he's in a really, really tough spot because unlike other people, he didn't sever ties and triple A with Dorian. He put his eggs in the Dorian basket. He I mean, he did that. He chose that to basket. do that. Huh? He put his mask in the basket. Yeah, he, did. he did. But, but I mean, this is part of why it's like, everyone was like, dude, Phoenix, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You look at it now, Phoenix made the right call, yeah. and sadly, Phantasma didn't. And where is he at now? No. There's no Lucha Underground on the air. Yeah. He's burning his bridge with Dorian, who is also his bridge to Impact and Ring of Honor at this point. Where else can he go? I mean, he's basically got to either fix things with Dorian I mean, or take less money and suck it up over at Impact and do whatever Conan says. I think he should go was over a new a few weeks back. What's that mean if you were breaking up? Oh, sorry. There was a, a, a follower of Phantasma. Probably about two months ago now, I think it was. Maybe three. There was a new follower of his who who's part of a new company, that stock company that could be. But I was hoping that that would be an avenue. But Well, I mean, it's, we'll see. it's tough. Like, look, we talked about it earlier in the show. People have issues with these contracts. People want to go and work other places, you know, and, and there's a certain amount of ability to do that on a limited uh, schedule and a limited availability, but they don't seem to want to let people blanketly completely out of their contracts. And and there's this holdout hope that there can be some more Lucha Underground or that they can still have some of the cast that they want. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Thunder Rosa, who's in the chat room, is dealing with some of this herself. I mean, a lot of performers are dealing with it. I just feel like poor Phantasma, every turn just keeps getting the just the wrong end of the stick. I think I think it has a lot to do with his timing more than anything else. I think a lot of these other people um, are in decent positions with their timing, like Thunder Rosa, like Joey Ryan. I think their timing is good. And somehow I think the timing for Ibelise and for Phantasma is bad. Um, I think the timing for Swerve, I think he was able to just put in the time and, and go out the long road, which isn't really an option for a lot of other people. But I think that, you know, he just was in a situation where he saw the writing on the wall and was able to, to do it the right way for him. And it's such a shame that everybody couldn't have done what he did. And, and I think he's one of the few that, you know, managed to part in, in a good way. Like even Ricochet couldn't pull it off as smoothly as Swerve somehow did. You know, he's he's really, honestly, when you think about it, Swerve's really the only one that pulled it yeah, off exactly the right way and for him and for the business and for everyone around him. It's so difficult. Has anyone Cold else pulled kind it off of, that I suppose. Well? Cobb, kind of, I suppose. I mean, but Cobb was he, he pissed about stuff on the internet, but... Yeah, yeah. Cobb Cob seemed but pissed. And then he, getting out of the show, it seemed all right. He went kind of fire sale and, and spoilering, you know, his demise and his yeah. ending. Swerve never did that. No. The no. um the one thing I'll say about the Phantasma thing is because uh, I'll never talk for him and I'll never talk for his business because I don't talk to him about that kind of stuff. Um, ish. 
But um, for me, he's the kind of he's, he showed too much loyalty to AAA over the years, and uh, agreed. It's burning. Yeah, and you know, instead of them turning around and going, you know what, actually, but and they did at first. They kind of went, well, they built him up a bit, and obviously losing the mask, it was like right now this next year should be the best fucking year for him because he's lost the mask. He's the pretty boy, you know, people blah blah blah. He can't sell as many much merchandise to me anymore, but <laughs> but you know he he had he had the uh, you know it, it was all ready for it to be pulled and triggers gone and put him in some decent feuds and uh, yeah, but you know it, Mania, it was it's it's tough in the wrestling business too though, because in the past that a lot of times that was the right call for a lot of guys like Steve Austin for instance you mean what? you know a lot of other people bailed. Steve stuck around at WWE and then he, he ended up benefiting from it. He went from low mid card to, to top of the heap. Except you know, for the time I took my ball and went home. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and times you have to fight for it. Like a lot of the guys that did jump ship and went over to WCW, they fought for theirs and they made a stink. But at the same time, I think what Phantasma didn't do was he never took a stand when it was time to take a stand one way or the other, he never put down his foot and said completely like, fuck you, Phoenix, fuck all you guys that left. I'm staying here with triple a I'm riding it out for the long haul and then push Dorian to make him the top guy because of that. He didn't do that. He just stuck around and waited to be treated the right way. Psycho clubs really good at blowjobs. Well, he might uh, be, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, it's such a tough, I mean, he's got to be good at something, hasn't he? He's got to be good at something. No, if the mask is not wrestling, I don't see how that would work. Like the tongue isn't. It's the eye. Tongue. It's the eye. He goes in through the eye at an angle. It gives him a better, you know, he can get more down his throat that way. That's oh good... man, Thunder Rosa just made the best point ever in the chat, guys. She said but that if Lucha right. Underground she's never, right. if the if Lucha Underground never returns, she will be a trios champion for life. Which you is know what? Amazing, I, and I love I, that. Yeah, I'd be down for that. But also, that also means that Jake Strong is Lucha Underground champion for life. Uh, oh. Oh. Did you have yeah. to bring that up right away? Uh, Donald it, Trump won. It just came to mind. But you know what? We'll only count it for the trios titles, and then we just won't mention that other stuff. That, that's how we'll fix it. Well, here we'll, we'll have to do. We'll have to get him to give us the belts. And then I'm gonna we'll leave the Phantasma the thing here. I think that um, I really, 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 really hope Phantasma works something out with Impact. I don't think it's worth trying to work anything out with Dorian at this point. I think that the people that Dorian is fucking with, he's going to continue fucking with. I don't see that that's going to end at this point. I don't think it benefits him. And the only times that he's really in control are when Lucha Underground is in production and he's got to be around the other producers. And then he becomes a little more magnanimous and sees kind of the, the other friendly side of the business. When he's not in that environment, um, every single time he's not in that environment, we've seen more of the worst side of his character uh, as a businessman. And I don't see that that's going to change in this particular instance for anybody that's got a dispute um, with Lucha Libre, FMV, LLC at this point in time. I just don't see that he's going to be the one to relent um, until somebody else makes him. I think that he does have a better nature, but without the people around him to really promote that better nature in him, it doesn't come through. 
You know, I think he needs to be around the Eric Van Wagnens and the other guys. And even Vampiro at times, I think, helps him kind of be a slightly better person. But I don't think that those influences are really in his life right now. He's a guy that likes to please the people around him. He likes to show out a little bit. He likes to be the big man in the room. And if being the big man in the room means being a dick, the old Mexican wrestling style, that's what he's going to do. If it means trying to be a better businessman like a TV company in the U.S., he'll do that. If he's around those people, he's not around those people right now, guys. You know what? I'll give you a spoiler. I'll give you a spoiler. I'm, I will be, I think I'm going into training, maybe training Sunday. (gasps) Yes, I'm going wrestling training. What? Seriously. What? I'm going wrestling training. Breaking news. Don't crisp yourself. Yeah. Triple mania. (laughs) Me and Dorian. Me and Dorian. With Phantasma in a cage match, that's what's going to be. I'm going to fight Wait. for that contract. You do I'm pretty gonna, well absolutely... in the Fire Pro. Um, yeah, uh, dude, you're you're okay actually... in my group. Uh, you know, you got S rank popularity now. You do a lot of sixty percent fucking matches though. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. And uh, you know, but I found this. I found this Japanese dude to carry you in your matches, and you guys are tag partners now. And his finisher is squeezing your balls. And uh, which is also one of Justin's. That's how Justin wins submission matches. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Justin uses the groin claw a lot too. And then he goes wee, and he acts like an airplane. It's tremendous. You really need to get a a PlayStation Four, Justin, so you can enjoy playing as yourself. That's a shoot, man. I do that stuff in real life. That's that's my real that's my real move set. That's my real life stuff. This is for for Dorian, who will never listen to anything I have to say because I'm a complete asshole to him at all times on the show. But the most I'll send it to him. Most successful wrestling promoter out there is Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon will suck it up and hire people back that he gets pissed off about to do good business. Brought back the fucking warrior, right? He brought yeah. back the fucking warrior. Warrior, Brett, Hogan. <clears throat> yeah. I'd say Warrior was the worst <clears throat> of all, though, man, especially after that match made in heaven, match made in hell shit, and he brought him back two more times after that. He brought back fucking Sid when Sid got fired from a company for stabbing one of his coworkers, which they also hired him back after that and made him their champion. Um, Dorian will do that too. Dorian has brought back people, but why has he brought them back? Because the other guy in the room that he was trying to impress was Conan. Mm -hmm. Phantasma is not one of Conan's boys right now. Yes. New Jack's going to be my tag team partner. Me and New Jack (laughs) are going to go down triple media. Did anyone hire Nails back? Fuck out of Dorian. All right, I got to talk about this Conor McGregor thing, guys. I want to talk uh, about. Oh, I want to talk about oh, how God. fucked up this situation is. Do you want to know? It's so messed up. It's so messed up that um, smashing a cell phone is now a felony offense because cell phones cost more than a thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's because you Wait, well, this because your phone. Your phone is a piece of shit, Justin, and I. Second only to Byron's piece of shit phone. Mm, have a good phone. I gotta have say, Justin, your your autocorrect game is putting you at Byron levels uh, <laughs> lately. Uh, and it's your phone. Your phone's a piece of shit. You need to get a better phone. I have a Google Pixel too. I know I'm a little behind, but I'm really this phone is a piece of crap. It's not. It's it's the freaking iPhone X. Have an iPhone wow. X. Wow, nice safety case, Grandpa. And oh. It's because that's the only way it fits in my belt clip, Casey. Belt See, I have, to, I have to use the fucking thin <laughs> ass case, that, or it won't fit funny. my pants with all the dick that's going on in there. You oh know what I'm God. saying? But uh, no, um, 
the Pixel 2, great phone. Uh, Ben's like a motherfucker, though. And you, like, Connor wouldn't even have to have strength to break this phone, and it would be like $900 probably. Okay, and so so here's here's the question. Here's the question. The mobiles, though, is it? Mass, mass and mobiles, exactly. So here's the question. Um, you're mobiles. a celebrity. You're famous. Yes. You know, Connor McGregor just came out on the ESPN list of most famous athletes at number five. Oh. That's huge. I mean, number five in the world of who who they believe are the most famous and popular athletes in the world. Okay, What's up being this means you that? don't get a whole lot of privacy, as our friends across the pond would say. Aluminium. So, and 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 I know for a fact that Connor will pose for pictures with people. Connor does not necessarily mind his picture being taken, but at five in the morning, you know, coming out of some place. And and coming well, out of some place kind of me. secretly, and somebody sticks a phone in his face, and and he snaps and breaks the phone. Is so it, what was uh, what was the place? Was it some girl's hotel room or some shit? No, no he's he's on vacation with his own family. Venice. Oh, okay. See, wow. no, if your family's with you, don't be taking pictures. I don't think guys. the family was with him when this happened, though. It was at a club that oh, closed at five a.m., and I think the guy whose phone he broke was one of the club patrons. Ooh. Yeah. So. But at what yeah. point is it okay if you're a celebrity to be mad at somebody getting in your face taking a picture? Okay, if you're eating? Is, is Connor, forget, forget what he actually did. I mean, it's wrong to walk away with the guy's phone. That was the mistake that he made, the biggest mistake that he made. But is it wrong for him to be pissed about the guy getting in his face to take the picture? And apparently, not at all. Really close when it happened. I it mean, honestly, that I feel like there should be stricter penalties for some of it. Like if someone's eating and you go up and bother them, like it should have been okay for Connor to punch him in the throat and genitals repeatedly. Uh, you don't do that to people. Uh, if someone's there with their family, you don't do that. And like, you know, like you just be, you know, people have zero chill. And I know I'm speaking on a show full of fucking wrestling fans, which are the personification of zero chill no offense you guys make me cringe like motherfuckers sometimes but um uh, bothering people at the airport that should be mm -hmm. dick and throat oh. also yes um let's see uh uh being an autograph agent and trying to get people to sign stuff that you don't even like really know who they are that's kind of oh. bad i'm waiting for, uh, someone, I'm waiting for someone at the airport and i've got 60 fucking wwe dolls for you to sign oh Okay, me just from called, a personal call, collection. Calling action, action figures. figures. Dolls, calling action figures dolls should be throat and genital punch. God damn. They're not, they're not action figures. They're fucking solid plastic. They're fucking dolls. You know, I will go over what Casey said. Joints. I've yeah. literally seen people on Hollywood Boulevard asking. I was at an event and people were. This guy was standing out there and he would go up to people who were dressed nice and looked real, like, you know, very attractive. Are you famous? Wow! Can you sign this for me? Are like, you famous? Like you literally had like a notepad. Did you sign Jim? I didn't sign that shit. Jim's like, telling the story famous. so that he can get <laughs> one of the people he asked. I fucking know you, Jim. You're at. You're I saw. I saw this thing. Uh, I it was in wrestling for the one of some of the people that we know from the from the shows. They were, I think, in Vegas for one of those shows, like a Ring of Honor show. And there were people hanging out by the elevators for when the wrestlers would come down to the floor. And they were, oh, this is the story with Josh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and so they had one guy in the group who was kind of a bigger built sort of guy. And so they had him come down, like, you know, by himself. And then someone else 
in the group came up to him and asked for his autograph and a picture made a whole big deal about it. And someone in the background was recording the whole thing on a video. And you can see that the, the autograph seekers kind of like starting to put stuff together and they all ended up asking the guy for pictures and autographs. Meanwhile, in that video, John, who was the yeah. one who was like, he was the one who pretending as he's walking away, he looks at the camera and just starts laughing because everyone's <laughs> going up. Everyone is going up to Josh asking for pictures and autographs now. And I think, I think they actually sold it that he was Roderick Strong. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. At this point, Roderick Strong is in NXT. He's not going to be in Las Vegas for an ROH weekend wearing flip-flops at the hotel. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's weird. I, I tend to agree with Rebecca, who's – I am i can't be mad at Connor too much, but I also live in L.A. where we kind of have unwritten rules about this stuff. Like, we see famous people all the time. Like, I went to, to the Greek restaurant a few weeks ago, and Shia LaBeouf is in there because it's, like, his favorite spot, and I just sat down, and he talked to me first. I knew exactly who the fuck he was, but at the same time, I'm not going to bother the dude. He's in there eating some falafel. Like, this is not the time oh, for me to be, like, up in his face, like, you know. Oh, hold on. I got to up that name you just dropped. Oh, oh. Where, where, oh, shit. Where did you meet John Cena again? Was, was it in the Maxi Pad section? It was in the Rouse. Now, I, and, and I felt weird about that one because I ran up to him. And this is the thing for me. Like, even when I'm at a wrestling show, I go the other direction where I should be trying to get Mark photos and do stuff like that. But I feel weird about it because when you live in L.A., you get used to not bothering people. Yeah. You know, you, you it's just not something that you do. New York is a little bit of the same way, too. You don't just run up on somebody because they're famous because they're all over. And out here, this is where they live and they're with their kids and they're, you know, they're doing regular people stuff. And you don't want to intrude on that too much. And every now and then from time to time, like with John Cena, I just was like, well, if he's mad, he's mad. This is a once in a lifetime oh, yeah. thing. And that's really you know, good. but with Shia LaBeouf, A, I didn't give a fuck. And B, you know, it wasn't a once in a lifetime. He's one of, he's a dime a dozen out here in the valley. So you just kind of oh, like, yeah, oh, whatever, eat your falafel. But I mean you know I bought a mask. Sneaking a Jason mask fucking sucks. <laughs> Did you just snot all inside that thing? <laughs> that's dedication. He's still wearing it though, so dedication. Yeah. All right, I do want to talk I, about I, your I, your I, favorite I'm MMA guy too, Jim. I want to talk about uh Colby oh. Covington. Nope. Yeah. He still hasn't gotten his fight, bro. Look, and, and sure. now he, he, he lost the Tyron lottery. He doesn't get to fight Tyron now. Uh, Usman beat him, um, which is really <laughs> sad. Uh, we didn't get to do a show, but I did have Tyron picked to lose. Uh, I had heard from some people that were around him that uh, he might not have been completely focused. His album was dropping the next day. He's been doing movies and stuff. Um, I had also picked against Kane Velasquez a couple of weeks before because I heard that his his body still isn't 100 percent and that he was just insisting on not pulling out of his fight. Um, that poor guy just can't go into a fight healthy. Hey, but now Park's going to kick Kane Velasquez's ass anyway. Look <laughs> at that press conference, bro. Um, but now you've got this weird situation where Usman's the champ. Um, ben Askren barely scraped by in his fight. Colby Covington never got his fight. And you've got this whole weird kind of dynamic. So my question for you, Jim, Jimmy V, is who would you want to kick Colby's ass at this point? Do you still want it to be Tyron Woodley? Would you would you be fine with it being Usman? Would Should Ben Askren come in and take care of it? Do we wait for the Darren Till fight tomorrow to be done and have him do it? Who gets to kick Colby's ass? 
I have no preference because I'm open-minded to ass kings. So. All right. Now, does okay. it have to be a black man, though? Should we have a black man be the one to kick his ass? Because I feel like if it was Till or or Askren, that wouldn't be quite as satisfying to me as Tyron. Or Are either Usman. of them Dragon Ball Z fans? Maybe. Just get someone to be a geek to beat his ass. That's all I want. <laughs> oh, dude, the black otaku dude from fucking NXT. Uh, cool. kick his ass. Are there any fighters at that weight class from Philadelphia? I don't know. How much does Sid weigh? Um, <laughs> that's the question. He comes down to the UFC octagon, and then he fist bumps the camera, and he says, that's for you, Casey. Exactly. And then he he does another one, and he says, that's for you, Jim. And fucking Avengers assemble. And then, then he says, you know what? I heard you guys are developing a Blade movie. Just remember that he's British this time. God damn it. Oh, dear Lord. So it should be Idris Elba. It's supposed to be British. Wesley Snipes didn't even try to do an accent, but you know what? He is the greatest actor of our times because he was Simon Phoenix in Demolition Man, my favorite cinematic villain ever in the history of movies. Always better so, than black. <laughs> okay, so um, hey, what the question is, how much, how much does Dr. Wesley Snipes weigh, and can we get him in the octagon? I think that would be a very fun fight. It might have to be in Bellator, so maybe not an octagon per se, but... <laughs> I, I would I would watch uh, that match. You got to do, do it in that freaky Japanese promotion that Gabby fights like fucking five thirty uh, pound fucking uh, Japanese Ryzen? wrestlers and <laughs> yeah, 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 I think it's Ryzen. Oh, speaking Ryzen. of Ryzen, uh, Shinya Yoki is like working for DDT and won their belt and shit. That's fucking amazing. That's pretty sweet. Like. One of the greatest MMA fighters ever, which you guys, like, if you guys aren't, like, big fans, like, you know him as Rainbow Pants, Middle Finger Guy, but, you know. Hey, I got to tell you guys this, too. Byron actually had a very astute uh, combat sports-related idea this week. He said that the contender should go on to be aired on DAZN, which is actually a very, very, uh, I think, good idea. I don't know if that would happen or not. Yeah. Spoke briefly to Eric Go Van Wagen earlier this week, and um, he said that right now they're just trying to get some of those fighters other fights, and he doesn't really know if they're doing anything else with the show right now, but he would love to. He wants to get back in the fight game. They should so. fucking... I mean, they should... Just at least do one run of, you know, syndication or whatever, repeats. I mean, yeah. that's the audience that they're trying to get. Maybe to- after the, the rights come up, maybe they can do that when, when they go into that first round of syndication. Because right now, I think it's just kind of living in limbo on Epics. And I don't think that their ratings were great. But I mean, I don't think they expected them to be. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they expected to get from the like contender how many being people on Epics. It's not even right. that. My problem, my problem with the whole Epics scenario was not that it's some out-of-the-way destination. I think uh, people have proven that that can work. The problem is there was no other programming around it. There's not a single other piece of sports programming on the entire network. So you just have this one standalone, one-off thing, and it was one of the best seasons of any type of reality television I've seen, especially sports-related, in ages. Um but there was no other programming to go with it. Like if they had some boxing or maybe they had lion fights or some other kind of kickboxing or something else to partner with it, or even just some documentary sports programming or a couple documentary specials. Like if you look at what Netflix does, 
I take House of Cards as a great example. When Netflix was first trying to get into this original programming thing, what they did was they spent a tremendous amount of money on House of Cards, but then they also bought the rights to the original series. They bought the rights to air the West Wing. They bought a bunch of political documentaries. They bought the temporary rights to JFK to start airing that again. And they built all this other programming around it. So if you were a person who liked political thrillers and then you went to Netflix as a destination just for House of Cards, there was at least some other stuff there that you found interesting or that you knew was related. Epics didn't have any of that to go with the contender at all. Like, not one other thing. They couldn't even get, like, a Rocky movie to put on (laughs) with it. Or maybe just the rights to the old seasons. Like, just air some of the old seasons or something. Like, make it the new home. Like, um, when I was working on... Go ahead. British boxing cheap. They could have got some bit in British boxing live fights cheap. Absolutely. And I mean, there is a, there was a void, especially right then because HBO was getting out of the game. There was totally a void to some of the lower level boxing that they could have gotten. Um, anyway, it's just a shame. I, I really do like that show. If you do have epics or you have a way to watch it, however you can do those things, definitely watch it. It's totally worth it. Um, but it was kind of a shame. Um, that I'll leave it at that. Um, I do also want to say that the the 11th um, this past week was the 10th anniversary of the passing of Charles Mask Lewis, the founder and creator of Tap Out. I can't believe he's been dead for 10 years, which is uh, unfortunate. And I also can't believe that the UFC has now taken his name off the cage. If what you watch, yeah, if you watch the movie Mask on Amazon, uh, the Bobby Razak movie that he did is a tribute to uh, Charles Mask Lewis. It's just called Mask. So you'll get several other movies that come up if you search it too, but it's free on Amazon Prime. Um, at the end of it, they talk about Dana White says, as long as me and Lorenzo Fertitta are breathing, Charles's name will be on that cage. Well, sadly, Lorenzo Fertitta does not own the UFC anymore, and I believe that the new owners at uh, WME, uh, Ari Emanuel, and his prick friends have decided to finally take Charles's name off of the cage exactly 10 years later, which is fucking despicable and awful. There was no reason that I couldn't just leave it up there. It's Why, goddamn stencil. What does it hurt that his name's up there? Like I don't know, the man. They is there just more sponsorships on the cage. There are there name? there is a sponsorship in that place. So yes, there right. that is being replaced by some money. But at the same time, it's like okay, you're changing the belts. I get it. You want to make it a new thing. You're going into the ESPN era. You you want a new kind of look for it. But at the same time, it's like. And they weren't there for Charles, but Dana is still there. And I would have hoped that Dana would have fought for him, but Dana didn't fight for Matt Hughes to keep his job. And then you see where Matt Hughes is now. First, he fucking gets smashed onto some train tracks. Then he has to rehabilitate himself. And now he's got a restraining order filed by his wife. And then Chuck Liddell, who is fighting Tito for fucking scraps over in Oscar De La Hoya's MMA promotion, which was just a despicable thing. I mean, even, I don't know if most people know this or not, but, uh, Chuck Liddell's longtime trainer and friend, John Hackleman, refused to corner Chuck for that fight and told him, like, this is a mistake, told him exactly what was going to happen to him. And kudos to to Hackleman for trying to take a stand. I had just hoped that at the last minute, Hackleman would come through and still be there because uh, maybe he could have kept Chuck from taking quite the ass beating that he took from Tito. But at the same time, like, you know, Dana... I, I don't get it. I, I know that Dana is kind of just hired to be the president now, but he still does have some pull and why he can't find a way to fight for his friends in some meaningful fashion. The guys that helped him build the sport, the guys that helped him be 
the billionaire that he is now from this whole thing. Um, it's kind of unfortunate. So this yeah. week on behalf of Charles, I say <laughs> a partial fuck you to Dana for not leaving Charles's name up there and a super fuck you to the people at WME uh, IMG that brought the name down off the cage in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think need to do, Justin. I need if to go were to say boycott every single sponsor that's in that place, that might be a nice thing. <laughs> well, Reebok's one of them. So that's putting stickers on it. Yeah, that's put, easy. Put stickers over all the sponsors. I, I haven't worn Reeboks since uh, I bought a fucking pair of pumps. Since, since you weren't poor. Byron, have I missed anything important we needed to talk about? Uh, or are we finished with this thing? Uh, there's the New Japan Cup, which... Um, Fuck you, Chase. So the big thing, yeah, the big thing. Before, my that Chase Owens. Uh, Never going to win that credit broke belt. Our, now. Broke our brackets. And also, I would still bet against Yoshihashi in the first round, even though he still won. I don't... I'm, I'm going to always bet that he will lose and have... So who do you guys have winning the New Japan Cup? My guess is Ibushi. Uh, I'd like to see it. It might not be the time for it, but him headlining MSG would be dope. And I it, think they're going to go for it. Hmm? I think, that, I think they got to do it now. I mean, I'm, they don't have to, but I think they're going to. I think they're presenting him in a different fashion. He's doing... The interviews where he's saying Kenny held him back. I think mm-hmm. like all the momentum right now is with Ibushi. He's someone who and he had a breakout is, match with Naito. If you watch nothing yeah. else, watch that. Which is oh basically, the boat I'm in is that I watch that, <laughs> nothing else. But yeah, well, and you know yeah. that they they want to keep you know the rub in one place for a long time. You know they like to do long stretches, and he's the guy that still has the legs under him out of all of those guys at this point, right? He's both. And he's the guy he's that fresh, wasn't doing it. He has the experience, and he just he's signed right. a, an actual deal with him, which they've been wanting for a long time. And now which is what held him back in the past is that he wasn't signing that deal with them, and now he's officially so, on the roster. Here's my question at this point, though. Was Kenny Omega a mistake for them? I mean, in no. these one-year contracts no. that they kept doing? That's no. Cool. That's I think they, or should they have done it sooner so that they got more? Not having, a backup, not having a backup Kenny Omega is their fucking problem if you look at the numbers that they're doing for the Dallas show and for... Oh, you don't think that Switchblade's a great backup? No, nah. I, I think Switchblade is great, but I think he's still, he's still coming to his own and building himself up. But I also think that New Japan... Um, is really kind of wearing themselves thin with their U.S. runs. It's less and less special. And their last shows there were, I mean, they were also affected by Trump, but they were also not going to be that great in the first place. You know, like they're, they they still were running eight shows at Japan while they are doing American shows. And MSG, yeah. you know, with Ring of Honor, huge deal when they do the one show, when they do the two shows a year, when they run three shows in a week. Like it makes it less special, but they are right now clearly the number two promotion in the world, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we we had this debate a while back, and I think with Lucha Underground being relatively out of the mix, I think it improves New Japan's status, and I think that they really are the leader as the number two promotion in the world right now, right? Well, I mean, it could solid. be AEW at the end of this year, but it's not today. Mm-hmm. 
you got to see what they put on TV. I mean, it's all hype still, and it's great. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for what the influence they already have. But you, they, they don't have anything on TV yet. So really, as, as people have been saying, AEW right now is nothing but a clothing line until they get a TV deal. Yeah. Correct. I agree. I, and I think that they – I almost hate the AEW thing because I do feel like it's diluting the market. I really was kind of liking how the market was starting to come together where – it became like all of the promotions together was the number two wrestling promotion in the country. And, and I think taking Lucha underground out of that equation and basically replacing it at this point with AEW does not help because I believe AEW is not going to have the ability to work together with other people like that. And that was just a weird random confluence of, of situations that actually made that happen where all of a sudden for a short period of time for one year, we had like the whole, independent and outside of WWE universe kind of starting to gel and come together a little bit. Uh, and there was a lot of crossover. I don't think that AEW is going to help that though. I think it's going to actually make it worse. I think it's going to, there's going to be infighting between the AEW and the ring of honor and impact and some you know, the Mexican promotions and new Japan. I think that they're going to start to be at odds with each other again. And I think that it's not going to benefit the talent, and I don't think it's going to benefit the fans. As much as AEW itself within AEW is probably going to be a very compelling promotion, and I like a lot of the talent they, they got there. I think the, the signing Sonny was huge and awesome. That was, you know, I felt great about that. But at the same time, I, I feel like it could really do a lot of damage to the business. You know, maybe a little Sonny. It started everybody like Ring of Honor, then started snapping everybody up and tying people down to contracts. AEW obviously doing that, and I know Penta and Phoenix apparently isn't a, a exclusivity deal, but it just started this whole kind of culture of rather than letting people come and go and using them when you can, it became oh shit, we got to tie these people down, so AEW doesn't sign them. Well, and that's the or. that's the nature of where they are too, because that's the nature of how you have to get TV and investors is you have to show them like we have something special you can't say that hey we're going to be another version yeah. of the other three things that are out right. there on tv somewhere else right now you have to say no we have unique talent we have unique storylines we have unique performers that you're not going to be able to see somewhere else and that's how they're going to get that tv deal whereas all those other promotions have been around long enough where they already had tv deals and they could say oh we all have tv deals but it would benefit us if hey this guy could be here this week so we can make a storyline work for our guy and this that and the other thing and impact and Lucha Underground and AAA were, were actually finally doing that. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Dorian, Dorian of all people was actually doing that. The yeah. one of the most evil, vile people in the last five years in the wrestling business was at the forefront of probably the heyday of all time for, you know, I won't say independent, but outside of WWE wrestling. He was a huge part of it. And somehow now that, that seems like it's all fuckered. Oh shit. So anyways, I think <laughs> Jim is like, well, thanks for leaving me like that. I think Jay White is doing okay, but I do think that the real plan is to get Ibushi the belt and and I mean, I think always like um Wrestle Kingdom is always a great time to do something grand like that, but I think that the MSG show would be a phenomenal time to get Ibushi there. And uh, and I think everyone, uh, JY is great, but I think people would be really happy to see Ibushi win there. 
Oh, I think they would. I don't think he'll win the title there. I think he'll get the match, but I think JY will keep the belt until a larger event. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, though, Lula that would be a great time to do it, and then you have Jay White take it back at Wrestle Kingdom. What's, the, what's, what's their SummerSlam? Is that like Genesis, Sack of Genesis or something? Yeah. There's a... F- there's a few. I mean, they have big events. The, Dreamcast. It's the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I don't. Th- I don't think Ibushi is gonna win. Is gonna go and like go through the G1 to get the title shot. I think he'll be champ. Uh, dude, you got to remember though, he almost won last year. Like he got to the finals and they made the wrong decision and fucking put it on Tanahashi's boring ass. I'm sorry, I don't like Tanahashi. But I, I think the New Japan Cup is when he gets a strong tournament show and I think they got to get him the title, get him in that top position because what are they going to do? Tanahashi's out um, and Kenny is out. And Kenny may work, but whatever. Um, Jericho is not an option to, you know, sub in for a period of uh, time. The other one's Okada, the, like doing Okada again, which is probably too soon. But Oh, yeah, it's, Okada's great, but, like, you don't want to – you just saw him as champ. You right. know what the real answer is, is Minoru Suzuki, who bitched JY out last time they wrestled in the G1. Just just a reminder for everyone. Yeah, Jay White was getting wins against like Okada and Tanahashi being a huge dick, and he was really developing uh, his heel persona. and And I really liked what he was doing, but he was being such a smarmy dick and getting away with it. And Tanahashi just slapped the shit out of him. My my favorite was when he's like, okay, so he gets all these wins, and then he goes against Suzuki and realizes that his evil is just little bitch version of evil. And uh, he will never ever live up. Oh, and also, also, um, Tai Chi has the iron fingers of death now. Oh, because because uh, he retired. Yeah, Zuka retired, and uh, he just kind of forgot him. So Tai Chi was like, "Oh, you forgot these?" And he's like, "Nah, this shit's mine." And he kept it. And uh, it's cool though, because like he wears them under his clothes when he does his in- entrance. So when he takes his jacket off, he's just got it on like it's a fucking gun. It's amazing. <laughs> he's got it's a funny too because all he's got the the he's got that now. But this entire time he's at a mic stand. Yeah, and he still keeps it there. Now he's got like the corner's got so much shit in it because it's got the big bag with the iron fingers. It's got the fucking mic stand in there. He's got fucking uh, Miho Abe running around too, not really doing anything. Also, when he uh, takes his pants off, they have to hang out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So he's got the pants fucking flying around. What would happen if Tai Chi was in a match with uh, Garza Jr.? What? <laughs> who who would be ripping their pants off first, or do they rip them at the same time? Probably and who would have the smallest trunks when they took the pants <laughs> off is the question, too. I'm sure That's Byron could answer that question for you. No, no, it's probably I, the, I, the junior. It runs in the family. Like, Hector wore the fucking smallest trunks, and he didn't rip pants off. He just fucking came out with his balls almost halfway out all the time. Hey, it's Jim, did I tell I thought, you that I have heat with Brie Larson now? Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh-oh, right. this isn't because you're uh, – this isn't because of toxic masculinity, is it? This – no, well, this is has – Is it to, legit beef? It's no, legit it's, beef. It's, it's not legit beef. Bree's awesome. Yeah. Look, I just took issue with the fact that she said that she mics herself now and, and she doesn't want creepy male audio guys miking her and that other stars should do the same because she's costing guys from my former profession their jobs. I think that Bree should – 
should take her standpoint and exactly the way she thinks and keep thinking that way, but get some more good qualified women trained to do that job instead yeah. of doing it herself. She's not an audio engineer. Damn it. She's Captain Marvel. Stay out of our jobs, Bree. We love you, but fine. Uh, you're right. Audio guys are creepy and weird. I was the least creepy and weird audio guy I ever met. The rest of them well, are freak wow. shows. And that's something because Justin is creepy as fuck. You don't want to get your sound yeah. guys fired because then how are you going to buy your weed on set? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Two words have never been spoken. And, and I know a lot of good female <laughs> audio engineers too and mixers too. And it's like, <laughs> Bree, if you, if you need somebody, let me know. And I'll get you a great qualified woman over there to do the job. And hey, I'll even get you a woman of color. I know a, a Latina and a black girl that both do great audio work and could mic you up tomorrow. So stop trying Justin. to get people fired, Bree, to make a point. Justin. I get your point and I agree with your point, but let's do it the yeah, right way. Right. Justin is one of those lady sound engineers you want to dress. <laughs> Speaking of. Santino or you know whoever he is was oh, yeah. did some interview and he just he was talking uh, he was saying he's against like intergender wrestling because blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, he's he was um, uh, Santina and like one. Oh, woman. excuse me, that was his sister. So sorry. Truth. <laughs> I mean, they did a one take shot where one was in the shot and the other one wasn't. All right. Yeah, well, I, you exactly. know, I look like a Miss WrestleMania, Santina Morella. Thank you, Miss WrestleMania. So Female Shawn Michaels, Miss WrestleMania. Can't believe that got any coverage on this show. I can't believe half of this stuff got any coverage on this show. But I guess that's just hey, how we dude. roll. <laughs> and as we roll, as we end up into hour three. Yeah, we're 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 done with this. Me, yeah. me, yeah. for you moving to New Zealand this week. Mm. What? Oh, uh, <laughs> damn. Casey told me that Chase Owens had gotten a tan and shaved his back, and I watched his match, hopeful, and it was incorrect. You know, it's funny, though, because someone was heckling him in the audience uh, during his match with Juice, and he said, I'll tell your mom to put spray tan on me better next time. He just <laughs> randomly said it during a headlock spot, and I'm like, that's fucking funny. Uh, All right. Let's finish this up. So I'm going to say, hey, Chelsea Green, we hope you get better. Hey, Phantasma, we hope you get a job. And hey, Byron, we hope you get lost. So until next time, oh, wait, stay me. calm and stay in the mix. Peace.